when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, November 18th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 280. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Kato in the booth. Yo. Happy November 18th. November's November. almost <laughs> over. It's fucking wild. Patrick Klepek here. Hi, Patrick. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. And Rob Zachney. Rob, how are you ending the fall? How are you leading us out of autumn? Fall is winter. What are you talking about? It's still, this is what I mean. This is what it's I mean. It's still fall. I was, I was walking around crunching through leaves and pine See? needles on a farm the other day. Farm shit. Uh, farm shit. That's right. That's like fall shit. Yeah. Farm shit. Farm shit. Fall. <laughs> far, the, the, a farm, farm in the fall. It was great. That sounds great. You know how I spent my, my fall is anime. Uh, I didn't play any fucking video. Okay. I tried to play Pokemon. Okay. We got code on Austin's Friday. Mediterranean climate of enthusiasm. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, it's anime season. Damn. Damn. Drat. <laughs> uh, uh, so, the only game I've tried to play since, the only video game I've tried to play since on our Friday show was Pokemon Shield, which we got code for on Friday, I think. Um, yeah. And so, one, that is why we didn't talk about that game last week, to be 100% clear. Like, we didn't, we weren't just, like, sitting on code, like, oh, we didn't get around to Y'all playing. We talked about on. it. Y'all motherfuckers think I would it. actually not say know, shit right? if yeah. I had code. And we'll call, we'll, let's, let's get to Pokemon in yeah, a little later. bit. Because uh, uh, we have some Stadia stuff and other stuff. I want to get stuff off the plate. Um, uh, but my fucking hoary data. Uh, Damon X Machina controller that I'm holding up for the screen right now. The left stick mm-hmm. is decalibrated, or it's like it's like it's tilted to the right a little bit. You know how that happens with controllers after a while? We're like, oh, the thumbstick just gets like decentered, and you was well, that the famous controller drift of the it's Switch? It's not. This is just a busted fucking like uh, analog stick. This is just that. Are you juking and strafing too much? Doing yeah, those, like, I was. Yeah, drift compatible like. Yeah. <laughs> That's 100% Maneuvers. right. Uh, no, what I did, it. what it is, is that it's big. It's so big that it doesn't fit in a case. The For, for people who don't know what the fuck I'm just start describing, when Damon X Machina came out, Hori put out these these different uh, uh, Joy-Cons. Joy-Cons that are, like, big. It's like holding an Xbox 360 controller, an Xbox One controller. Um, but Attached, attached to the side, to the side of, the of the Switch. I love it. It feels great to hold. It has paddles in the back, too, like extra like programmable shit. I love it. Um, but it doesn't fit in a it doesn't fit in a case, which means mm. I've just been putting it in my bag for months, mm. and it must have just sat on the stick the wrong way. So I open a Pokemon. I'm like, why is my dude always going to the right constantly? <laughs> just like walking away from whatever I'm trying to go to. So couldn't play that this weekend, on, like while I was traveling. Uh, so instead, all I did is I went to an anime convention. I don't know, Kata, you <laughs> yeah. went to this anime convention. Yeah. Anime um, NYC. Anime NYC happened. Bigger uh, than this year, than last year. Bigger than before. Bigger than uh, before. I did a panel with with Yoshiyuki Tamino, who created Gundam, which is Fucking wild. <laughs> um, there's going to be footage of that at like some... Like the whole thing? 
what the whole he created so he created the first four series of Gundam plus the first movie first two movies uh I guess I guess it's that's the, like the that's the that's Gundam the, creator. oh yeah it's the Gundam dude it is Mr. Gundam it is like he is he is like the George Lucas of Gundam do you know what I mean uh, there's a whole yeah. team, which is to say, there's a whole important team there. Sometimes he's not as good as you hope, uh, but what an honor Yeah, do you have a complicated him. love-hate relationship oh, with him? Oh, dude, like, absolutely. Like his, were you up there, like, busting out the sweat lamp in the interrogation scene? No, I wish I could have. There was definitely, a, like, a process beforehand, like, what are the questions? What are we doing? There was some, like, what I will say is... We did not get much time beforehand. Like he's a very busy dude, and we like kind of like met in the morning, and then had to really hook up for the event. And we did have a really nice rapport. It was really fun to like like poke at each other a little bit. There was like a little bit of like you know back and forth that was fun. And, mm. and he's, he's a very funny dude. One of the first questions that was like, "Why do you think Gundam has endured for forty years?" And he, he was like, "I don't know. You tell me." And I was like, "All right, shit. I didn't know that was going to come back at me. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, I could do this." Uh, and that was really fun. So I think there will be footage of that out, out at some point. I think Anime NYC filmed it, and then there was a separate film crew doing a documentary. Um, so for people who want to see me talk to the creator of Gundam, that'll <laughs> happen at some point. Kato, I know you were there also yeah. and you played some anime game. Was that a lots. question, Rob, or are you just stretching? I don't know no, was that was me putting my hand up being like, I oh, you would like, would to, see like to see you speak to the creator <laughs> of Gundam. Yeah. That's me. That's good. Yeah, okay. Kato, Kato did see it. Kato came out. Thank yeah. you to you. And thank you to anybody who came out to support it. I know I kind of announced it late. Um, but Kato, uh, what else what did you get up to there? Did you play some anime? I played a, a bunch of anime games. Um, they have a couple different things there. There's this one section uh, usually in one of the back corners, which is much larger this year, where they have a bunch of imported uh, arcade machines, which are really cool. Mm. Uh, I actually got to play a Gundam game there because they yeah. had... Um, Versus? Uh, yeah, it was Extreme versus yep. Maxi, Maxi Boost, boost yeah. on. <laughs> oh, Maxi Boost on. I've not played on yet. Uh, which was I got fucking washed. Yeah, dog. That there was a, hard. There, there was a people st- who play those games are good. Yeah, no, there was a streamer in the other seat. Oh, I, like, it was yeah. fucking. I, I took one sock, one life. Okay, nice. <laughs> that was it, and then I got completely fucking washed. That game is fun though. That game is really fun. Um, there's a PS3. There's a PS4 version of like Versus, which is the newest version of Versus. Yeah, but the most recent PS3 builds are the ones that people tend to play competitively. Right. Um, and they're good. They're just. They're actually bad for streaming because they move so fast. Right. Like, it's hard to get a bit rate that, that can keep up. Yeah. It's great. Uh, it was a really fun game. Um, but uh, I played three other games there that are, like, actually stuff that's coming out. Um, two 3D fighters, one based off of uh, My Hero Academia and one based off of um, One Punch Man. Okay. Uh, the One Hero Academia one is a sequel to one that came out last year called One uh, One My Hero One's Justice. This sure. is One My Hero One's Justice Two. Great title. <laughs> My Hero yeah. One's Justice Two. Yeah. Um, My Hero Colon One's Justice No Two. My Hero One's My Hero One's Justice is okay. all. There, there's no colons anywhere in this thing. Huh. It, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what that title is trying to say. Interesting. Okay. Well, because yeah, it's one. It's my hero, my hero academia, but it's just well, my hero ones. Yeah, it's one. It's all one weird, weird. Okay. long. Okay. Title. Anyway, uh, it's a three D anime fighter. Yeah, like uh, behind the back type thing. Yeah, okay. the 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 kind of thing that you expect expect out of that. It looked really good, but uh, I think these were it was running on PS uh, on on pros and. It was framey as all hell. Uh, they were going for a very stylized 
like like thing. it looks like anime like type looks thing. like anime yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing and it looked really good but it was also like the second there were more than like two effects going on it was framey as all hell and it's an anime fighter so there's always there's more always than two shit effects. going off yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um otherwise though like the the couple of characters i played and stuff like they did it seems like they've done a really good job of you know capturing those characters i watched that series i enjoy it so um if they figure that out it feels like it it'll be a okay one of those right yeah. like it's mostly like the whole like you have to be interested in the series already because it's yeah. like oh this is cool that i can do it's kind I'm of like, doing the thing from the show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, um it's i've not, played anime games before right uh the one punch man was similar but i was interested in that because the whole thing with him is that he's the one hit kill basically right uh so what was funny about that one was that it's a um not exactly a t- it's a team fighter. Uh, I couldn't figure the, there wasn't like a way to tag people in and out. It was more like people were lined like up. Were king of fighters, or like you yeah. knock someone out, the next person comes in. Yeah, okay. and um, also a three D fighter. Uh, but uh, you could only pick Saitama, the uh, One Punch Man, as the third character. Huh. And what would happen is on screen during the fight, there's like a little live feed of a camera feed of him like jogging like to get to the battle. That's very funny. <laughs> because like you That's can't start. very funny. Yeah. Uh, it's very and very like on theme for like him always kind of showing up late to things and like being uh, unaware of what's going on. Huh. So it's like it looks like he's just kind of out for a jog and then he's like notices that there's a fight going on and like starts to speed up to try to get there uh, to help. Good. Um, if you lose your first two characters before he gets there, do you, you lose? lose yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So That's like, there's goofy. like a timer where you like you if if someone's picked Saitama as their third, you got to try to beat them before then. If not, he comes out and it's one hit. Oh uh, wow! Like actually one hit. Okay. Uh, so the Fair person enough. that I was playing, we both picked Saitama as our third, oh. which got into a very funny thing where like I got Saitama first, I knocked out his two characters like split second as the his timer ran out uh-huh. and so that was both Saitama's and it turned into the fight from the last matrix where there's like <laughs> fucking like you know like ripples of yeah, like yeah, yeah. destruction happening everywhere they're both that powerful yeah and, like, exactly that's very uh, cool. so that was that was fun that's that was a cool. very cool mechanic yeah. nice well thank you for reporting in from the front lines of anime anime uh, that's uh, a convention it was what? Gundam Day they gave they Gundam Day. Oh my God! I'm gonna just New York it. Gundam Day. There was a New York State or not State New York City councilor at the opening of Gundam. Uh, not the opening of Gundam. The opening of Anime NYC. Uh, the opening of Anime NYC, like the grand opening moment, was the creator of Gundam next to this rep, the city councilman next to the dude who like runs Anime NYC next to th- three cat boys from. Uh, Grand Blue, like in cosplay. Yep. Um, and the two things that the city councilor did, uh, one, he, he, so do you remember, Patrick, I made you watch that episode of Gundam where <laughs> for, for, you know, the thing, and I mentioned at Seattle that they, that despite the show taking place in Seattle, cause you can see it's the Seattle super, super dome. Is that the Seattle dome? Am I, am I getting that confused? Whatever the dome sure, is in I don't Seattle, know. yeah. Um, uh, they called it New York in the in the show. <laughs> uh, the city council gave Tom. Okay, you might remember also Patrick that the name of the villains in that were the the villains the the antagonistic force were Zeon, the 
Uh, it's complicated. Don't Rob. want to be too reductive and well, call them villains. It's complicated. Zeon in. We're not going to get Got into it. it. We're not going to get. They mm, a movement for sovereignty was co-opted by fascists. Is really the truth. Anyway. Um, as, as happens sometimes, uh, they're called Zeon and the city councilor thanked to said, I'm giving you an award to commend you for saving New York from the forces of Zion in episode 10, Garma's fate. And I was like, excuse me? The f- hmm. Okay. Uh, the second thing is he, the city councilor asked the crowd, what's better Gundam or Evangelion? And the crowd, which is like, don't do that standing next to the dude who made Gundam. Like, don't open the door. And then thankfully the crowd was like, Gundam, which like, who? Okay. And then he says, that's probably the right answer. But I watched Ava first. And it's like, (laughs) anyway, it's Gundam day. Happy anime. So these aren't my Max, but I guess they're all right. But I guess they're all right. The they did save New York from Zion. From Zionists. What is happening? My chief of staff is motioning frantically for some reason. He just got confused and thought that Gundam took place in the Matrix universe. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's Zion. <laughs> that's Zion. That's Zion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Gotta makes... shut that Zion down. They shut the Too many raids in the Matrix Zion. <laughs> the fuck out of here all right we got our animation out of the way patrick i need you to put us back on track and talk about something that really that really truly matters google stadia uh it's getting an anime it's getting an anime game before the end of the year it's getting one of those dragon balls oh is it getting a dragon ball which dragon ball is it getting oh it's getting a because they're fighting xenoverse patrick fucking knows xenoverse is that a thing yeah xenoverse yeah Yeah, that's xenoverse 2 right that's yeah that's not the good one that's not the one people like no it's not people like fighters z fighters 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 is the good xenoverse is the more like open worldy yeah yeah people don't hate those games i played the first one the first one was pretty good anyway google stadia yeah Google's new yeah, Google, streaming console. Yeah, new game streaming thing. Streaming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, it's, it's sort of a cloud kind console. of a console. Cloud. Yeah. Um, cloud service. Uh, yeah, formally launches tomorrow, but uh, I've had access to it for about uh, a week or so. And then by the time this goes up, there'll be a piece on the site that Rob and I uh, discussed whether it was a review or not, but felt unfair to to label it a review when it's like a service that like, who knows what it'll be like when it's out tomorrow with lots of people. Um, and it's a service in which it had 11 games it was launching with. And then a, a, ma- a magic press release shows up on Sunday night and says it has 22 games that are launching with it. Oh, um, wow. Cause it sounds like red dead redemption two got finalized and then a bunch of other games suddenly got finalized. Right. right almost as it. if almost. they were log jammed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I like uh, there is a big industry sort of like movement happening towards the notion of streaming games being like a big part of what we're doing in the next five years. And Google is taking their pitch is like, all right, get rid of the uh, the console entirely. Don't have where you have like local games and games you can stream. Like, what if you just get rid of that box entirely and you can just stream uh, wherever, whenever? Um, That's complicated by. The requirement of uh, a Chromecast Ultra in order to to play it on a TV uh, currently, but I think that stuff like that is supposed to get smoothed out um, in 2020. It's also um, just right right now. It's only the Chromecast Ultras you buy as part of the Stadia thing. It's not just yeah, any but that right? like that will that change and then it will be it will year? be that's okay. that's just a yes that's a firmware update that's coming in like like presumably even this week. Oh, okay, um, good, but good, uh, good. but if you own a Chromecast Ultra and 
you just wanted to play it uh, like right away. Like it's not going to work to that firmware update rolls rolls out. But yeah, that'll 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 come uh, with time. Okay. Um. So you know, uh, the basic pitch, like what I, what I kind of put in uh, my piece was that like there are times, like especially I spent a lot of time in Wisconsin at this little uh, lake house that my parents bought um, some years back, and. You know, like there are a lot of times where like everyone goes to sleep. You know, my wife's asleep, my daughter's asleep, the whole family's asleep. But it's like eleven. It's like I should go to bed, but like ah, you know, I like to play a game for an hour. Um, and at times I've brought up consoles. At times I've like one time when I was really into XCOM two, like I dragged my whole fucking PC wow. with a monitor, which ridiculous, ridiculous. Like it's but uh, I wanted to play it, and it's like mm-hmm. that's absurd. Like it seems like there's like uh, should be a better way to do these things, and it's like Stadia presents like one answer to that problem, which is that, well, yeah, just open up your laptop and like connect a controller and like just pick up where, where you left off. And so I think like talking about Stadia is really complicated. There's a lot that goes into it. I think my general takeaway was that um, it's a terrible service that no one should sign up for quite yet (laughs) um, for lots of reasons we can get into. Um, But like on a technical front, like on the basic pitch, you strip away all like the more easily solvable stuff, like more games. Of course, that's not hard. Right. Like like fixing how the friends work and screenshots are shared and control like controller syncing. Like that stuff is is eminently workable. Like but like there were multiple times where I was able to bounce around the house, go to a Starbucks, and like play games like Mortal Kombat 11, Destiny 2, Red Dead Redemption 2. And you can play it on any. You know they provided a, a Pixel phone because it's not on iOS yet. That's coming right, next year. Right. Like. And it worked fine. It played on a laptop fine. It played on a TV fine. I want to say up front, like, I'm not particularly... Look, you can draw a through line of my uh, uh, drinking Costco brand scotch to also, like, my <laughs> tolerance for things like frame rate resolution. Like, it just doesn't rate. bother me. Like, yeah. I, I, in the same way that I will pay for things cheaper and deal with it, I also prefer convenience above all else. Now that's accelerated in like a world where I'm a parent and it's just like, I want, it's just easier to have things just work mm-hmm. even if it's not optimal. Um, but playing like destiny two on like, I have like a, a, a 60 inch TV upstairs. I tried to, I set up my stadia in the room uh, or the Chromecast ultra, not on my projector. I, but I set it up on, which I fixed that this weekend and that was nice its own journey. Yeah. Um, uh, but I tried to, I tried to like, when Google sent it to me, they said, "Hey, you should like connect the Chromecast Ultra to like a, a to an Ethernet cable and like make sure it's got like in the, in the, so you can get the most optimal settings." And I was like, "Fuck that!" Like that's not my interest <laughs> no. in this device. Like no. Digital Foundry, other places will like there are places that are going to do like how to get the best out of this. And I was like, "That doesn't seem to be what their pit their pitch is like." In a hey, dream you scenario, can do like, this anywhere at any time. Yep. You can play video games, which isn't actually true, but like that's that's the dream. Right? That's, so like, yeah, that's I'm going to treat it that way. I'm going to treat it like th- if you handed me this technology, here's how I would actually deploy it. And so I did it in three ways. Like one was to put the Chromecast Ultra up uh, upstairs and is that uh, why not that's... connect an Ethernet? Right, it was over Wi-Fi. Yeah. and so um, I, I mean, yes, theoretically, I could plug a cable into my router down here, which is in my office, and thread it upstairs. Like, but. My wife's going to trip over that. Even in the best case scenario where, like, I used things to, like, run it against the wall. Yeah. Like, you've got a big black <laughs> cable running against the wall in the house. It would just be absolutely silly. It's also just um, good to test it that way because so many people are going to use it that way who don't have the ability right, to run right. a cable across their, their living room or whatever, you know? You're just going to plug it into your TV and it's supposed to just work. And yep. so, like, for my networking setup, like, I used to have a, like, pretty typical, like, Netgear router that didn't reach uh, our bedroom 
Um, we have a split level house and it's not that far, but whatever material is in this house is the kind of material that just like wrecks networking signals where, <laughs> uh, it was like in our bed, we'd be flipping to the, the mobile, you know, LTE because it just, it couldn't pull anything up on the Wi-Fi, even though it was technically connected. Right. So like a month ago I asked Will Smith, I was like, yo, <laughs> what do I buy to fix this? And he gave me a bunch of like, he was like, there's a, a more complicated stuff you could do. For the best possible scenario, or you could just go buy this Orbi mesh network and uh, you just tube, put two big tubes in your house and it'll fix it. So I paid 300 bucks <laughs> to buy the big tubes and I put one upstairs, one downstairs, and it, it works great. It gets solid internet all throughout the house, fix my problem. Um, so that's the network, that's the internet that I'm that I'm 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 using to to power on the house. And so I plug that upstairs and you know, it's hard to, the setup process is a little weird because like I jump through different hoops than you will jump through if you're someone that's going to sign up for the service normally. So I'm going to kind of skip over that part. But like it seems to just work where you sign up on your phone and then you sync a controller and that controller puts a uh, like a arrow key and some button combination yeah. on the screen, which is that communicates then to the TV. Mm. Hey, I'm talking to this TV. I will communicate with this TV. That's easy enough. And then you get your slate of games on the TV you hit play and it loads up. And so I played, you know, several hours of Destiny 2 where, you know, I, I went to the, the Bungie site, like connected my Stadia account. Boom, there's all my characters. Um, so I played my Hunter, played through a couple of missions. And like, I couldn't, I can't reasonably tell the difference. Like I can, like if when you go into a dark scene, like what's killer for Stadia, what's killer for str- like streaming in general is like the color black. Yeah. Um, just dark scenes in general are are tough. Um I should say I was also playing over 1080p. Uh, I was not doing 4K. I don't have a 4K monitor, so everything was coming in uh, through that setting. Um, so there were scenes like in like I was doing like a some hive mission in the red uh, red war campaign, and like so I was in tunnels, and it's like yeah, like yeah, I could see like some compression or like you know you could just see like the blocky, splotchy yep. nature that kind of right. happens um, with streaming. Um, like imagine like when you lose a connection or like it gets kind of blurry, like that was specifically happening a lot in the blacks. But um, this was really problematic in the opening scene of Red Dead Redemption 2, which is supposed to, you know, meant to be like a real showcase for Stadia because it's like, hey, play a high end PC game and, you know, just do it through the Internet. Right. And that game opens <laughs> in a very dark uh, a blizzard and was just not particularly right. kind to what it was doing. But it is eminently playable. Like I should say, like it is it. it it is splotchy in in stretches, um, but like you could still play it absolutely fine. And I think if you were in to show of, an average person, can you say they, I don't know that they would know the difference, right? So, so what you're saying is like input lag, latency, that stuff, totally fine. Like you're not, you don't. At least to my it. mind, like so. What I uh, what was frustrating for me to try and measure that was that there's no platformer, and so the thing that I consider myself to be you have the like, feel. to truly understand, yeah. like I could I can sit and tell you like I know how my fingers are supposed to do this. So like a a Super Meat Boy would have been great because then I could truly tell you like you know I I can't say on Mortal Kombat like in Mortal Kombat 11 I can say that I played three to four hours of the story and at no point was when I messed up a move was did it feel as though it was the any input lags fault it always felt like right. i'm not very good at these games and i i'm i just kind of like bumble my way through them like mm. playing but if you're destiny in that too, scene like, you would you might be able to feel one way or the other like oh wow this may, is really maybe, tight maybe I, 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 I don't you would I don't know, know if, if that's right. true but i have to leave open the possibility because i i can't speak to it yeah i'm just myself, saying that you would know I, you would know enough to say yes this feels good or no it doesn't but as is you just don't have the expertise on that or like that familiarity with with the actual with that genre yeah like yeah. 
Yeah, and like, and I, and I saw like Jeff Gerstmann, who was someone else who was was playing it. Like he, uh, you know, mentioned playing Mortal Kombat. It was like, yeah, it works. Works kind of fine. I, you don't, I don't know that you want to enter a tournament with it, which is like, right. I also think that is like, you know, that should be your expectation with Stadia in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on that level, like it absolutely works. Like, and I was able to jump between devices just fine. I was able to go to Starbucks cool. and it worked just fine there. Like the the hard test that I did was I was all uh, at Starbucks. I also I wondered. Well, they're not recommending you do this over a mobile network. Like once 5G is around, which will be faster than most people's home internet, um, this will be a different story. Um, but the vast majority of people are on regular LTE. And so I was at the Starbucks. So I tried the Starbucks Wi-Fi. It worked perfectly on my laptop, worked perfectly on the phone, um, was just as playable as it was at uh, uh, at home. Um, and then I looked at my phone um, and so you know, the, the, the Google, the, the Pixel phone they sent didn't have a SIM card. And so I had to tether from my phone to another phone oh, and then also from my phone to a laptop. So I, I don't know if that creates any compromise in, in the network. I don't know, again, enough how that stuff works, but it was the only setup that I had. Um, and I looked at the phone and it said one bar of LTE. And I was like, well, if I'm going to stay committed to the whole bit, it's like this isn't the ideal scenario, but right. this is – is like, oh, I'm I could be in the car. Right, I'm, I'm just going to load up Stadia yeah. on my phone, yep. plug in the controller, and play. So, like, I need to see how this operates because this would be a scenario where, like, you're in the backseat of a long car ride. Wouldn't it be cool to play Mortal Kombat 11 or whatever? Um, and that was a nightmare. Um, uh, <laughs> for, just for, like, the – let me pull up the specifics on what the, the internet was. Was this so, – are you using a controller one. here? you just playing mm-hmm. – okay, okay. I wasn't yeah. sure what your Yeah, I'm using the Google, the Google controller. Okay. Um, uh, on the on the on phones and laptops <clears throat> at launch, you can connect a DualShock, or you can just connect Bluetooth controllers. Okay. Um, I don't. I think they have like a support, like you know, document of what everything they're like natively supporting. But you can use an Xbox One, you can use a PS4 um, on a laptop <laughs> or PC or tablet. You cannot use it on a TV yet. That okay. support is coming later. The only thing that works on TV is Google's controller. Um, so when I when I connected to LTE, it was uh uh. Two up and 14 down. Um, and so just not a very strong connection in general. And so, like, if the game's connected, I was able to, like, load a fight in Mortal Kombat 11, and then it shit the bed. Like, the controller yeah. stopped responding. Um, uh, Destiny 2, like, I was able to get some shots off, but, like, it, you know, the analog stick would, like, just stop, and it would just, like, spin me around. So it didn't really, you know, big shock. It doesn't particularly work well on a poor connection, which right. is not <laughs> – I don't consider that a ding against Stadia as much as it was just, like – trying to see how far can you take the promise and like where do you hit the limitations relative to what I think an average person would consider to be, you know, a scenario where they would want to potentially. Right. That's a scenario where even someone who doesn't play a lot of video games is like, oh, yeah, I got this this Stadia thing on my phone would be like, well, can't do it now. This is busted. Like versus the like the the bad like uh, like artifacting in in black you know uh, parts of the screen a lot of folks would see that and go like eh, okay I'm still playing Red Dead Redemption no big deal right like actually breaking down with bad LTE is is the the point at which even an average player would step back and be like all right I'm gonna do something else with my time but it's also yeah, the amount of people I know that watch movies right. through like pirated services in which they're okay watching like a, a shaky cam just because they don't want to go to the movie theater yeah. like just suggest to me there's a there's a broader audience of people whose like expectations for like what a thing is going to look like as long as they can just do the thing is a little bit different than how things are often framed for like hardcore video game players <clears throat> yeah. who expect who want control the the best of the best and that's just 
I don't know if, that if a week before, that doesn't necessarily translate to the audience that Google is theoretically pitching to of people is like that they'd be okay with a little fuzziness yeah. in, a, in a dark scene. If a, if a week before GTA Five came out, the people I knew could go to the subway, the either the subway sandwich shop or the subway transit station <laughs> and get for ten dollars less uh, a, a handicam version of GTA Five, <laughs> they absolutely would have. They absolutely would have like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, do you, what do you got? Yeah, let me take GTA Five and uh, uh, that Hancock DVD. Done. Absolutely <laughs> done. Um, you're right. Like, I, that, I, that I went to one of my brother's friends' place and they were watching us. And I was like, this, how can you, I mean, the movie had come out like a week ago. I was like, how can you watch it this way? He's like, bro, it's free. I was like, I know, but like, <laughs> I see the person tilting the camp, like they're, fu- okay, whatever. Uh-huh. But like stuff like that, like I try to keep in mind, like yes. knowing that it's probably more common than we give it credit for. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious if, if I'm curious what that, what that crossover ends up looking like for the Stadia audience, because it's such like a, it's such a niche thing in some like the promise is that it's not niche. I don't at know all. what the audience is, the, right? right? They're not yes. marketing. That is what, so we like, asked, this we is... asked your audience for we asked your Twitter followers. You asked your Twitter followers for questions, and one of the biggest recurring ones was just like, "Who is this for? <laughs> who is who wants this right now?" Also, one of the best versions of that question was, "Is it the military? Is this all just <laughs> Google proving to the U.S. military that it can do?" streaming this well is this just a show off which is a very funny and probably you know uh based in something uh comment <laughs> shouts to alan for asking but, yeah, but, yeah, but who I, is yeah. the audience who is the demographic i don't know I, I i think this is more of a proof of concept i think there's a reason they've downplayed the launch i think there's a reason that there hasn't been like a big marketing push there's been like no you know, people stand equivalent of people standing in line at a New York City Best Buy and like Phil Harrison shaking hands. Um, whether this was the plan all along or became the the plan as things like went along, um, this feels like a proof of concept. This feels like early access. This feels like a beta. Um, I mean, you know, again, like in no world should there have been a launch lineup that doubled, including a marquee game like Red Dead Redemption days before the launch like it speaks to a service coming in extremely hot um and it's like i don't i don't even want this service necessarily i just think the tech is really fascinating and it works it makes me excited for this technology in different forms right like what i want is i want to if i show up to uh uh my parents lake house in wisconsin and i could pay uh valve three bucks to turn on cloud streaming and i could just like start you know, playing, uh, uh, you know, an instant, instead of streaming from my PC yeah. and having it like le- link out from my PC, come to the ho- home network there, then come to my laptop. If I could just have them spin up a PC and it grabs my cloud save and I could just play off one of their high-end PCs and I just pay a couple bucks for the convenience, like that's what I want. It's Microsoft announcing that every game on Game Pass going forward yeah. is going to have streaming. Like it, what I found impressive about this was so much less to do with Stadia as much as, <laughs> Um, because the service is just not there, right? right. Like it's you, you, you can't use, you know. Yeah, can you talk I about that a little bit more? The, the, because because the way you sold us up top was like, don't buy this, and then you basically said it works. So how like yeah, how bad could that service be? Like, what are the failings there that would make you warn people away from it? In, in so so vociferously. Well, it's just there's not that for one. There's just not that much to play. Mm. You know, it has one exclusive guilt, 
um, which is a uh, adventure is that, game. Is that what you feel when you, you spend a lot of money on Google Stadia? Is that the exclusive? <laughs> yeah. Uh, G G L Y T, and uh, it comes from uh, Tequila Works. They did Rhyme and um, what was that puzzle game that people really liked? Uh, the um, shoot. Because uh, I know people really liked that game. The Sexy Brutal. The Sexy show. Brutal. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like a totally fine, like, you know, you, you play this little girl and it's a spooky. It's, you're sneaking around spooky areas. Like, it's whatever. Like, it's there's nothing special about it. But it's like not a terrible way to spend a couple of hours. Um, like, it's fine enough. But that's the only exclusive here at launch. It's... Um, a game that is primarily set in the dark, which oh is a problem for uh, for streaming. Like I have my the TV upstairs uh, is set to have its brightness higher up. I can't. I remember doing it for some reason, and it just sort of like stayed that way because um, we don't actually watch a lot of like movies up there, so it doesn't matter to me that like the, it looks a little off. Um, but like that, like deeply expo- <laughs> exposed, like a game that was set in darkness, where I was like, I need to turn the brightness down here, so I th- I, this can look a little bit better. Because there'd be times where like I'd be walking around the corner, hiding from some monsters, and it's just like the whole screen was artifacts. Um, again, you can see everything, but it's just the illusion is shattered. Um, you know, of, of of you playing like this game, and it's not on a on a box, you know, right uh, in front of you. Um, yeah, there's uh, you know, it's small things like you can't uh, purchase games through the the TV interface, which I think for, I think the the laptop and and phone interface is uh, for a lot of people going to be like secondary and tertiary, and it's like the the cool thing is like oh I can connect this to my TV or TVs around yeah. the house, and you know buying a Chromecast Ultra for fifty bucks or whatever is a lot cheaper than buying consoles, and they can do other things, um, and you know you can't uh, connect a, a controller, you know. Other than you know Google's one, which is just okay. I don't have like strong feelings on the controller. The D pad seems bad, but all D pads on like most of these like like D pads are just something that like game companies have stopped really investing in doing well. Uh, period. You basically need to buy like your own specific stuff if like a good D pad means a lot to you. Um, I think the Xbox Elite uh, D pad is okay, but. D-pads are just something that have gone by the wayside as like 3D has taken over. So I don't hold that against the Stadia controller that much. Although the, the the triggers are extremely big and kind of unwieldy, but and I can't tell if that's just my fingers or um, it's just not. It just doesn't. I don't know. And so I don't, I, I don't dislike it, but I don't. You know, if I could tomorrow wake up and just connect a DualShock instead, I'd probably just do that yeah. or an, an Xbox controller instead of using Google's because. The, the the what are the uh, the whole hooks of the the Stadia controller is like oh you have a Google Assistant uh, built into this so you can ask it like hey Go- you know hey blah 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 like I almost just set off everyone's devices sorry mm-hmm. um, you know hey hey uh, Dingus like you know go go do this um, go look yeah. this up um, that's not there it's not there at launch you could like it's that mic is there that assistant is built in theoretically but not turned on um, yeah you can't buy games through the TV you have to do it through the website or you have to do it through uh, the phone, um, a lot of small stuff like that. That you know, I, yeah, it'll get it'll get fixed. Those are things that I'm sure that those people in that AMA were like, yeah, we know, yeah, don't worry, no one has to remind us that shit's not there. Um, and it just feels so woefully incomplete in that regard. Where when they're asking people to pay, like whatever it is, like 130 dollars, um, and even the games themselves are not that cheap. Let me pull up. Uh, they sent over the pricing. Um, 
for a bunch of the stuff, right? So Assassin's Creed Odyssey is straight up 60 bucks unless you, if you have Stadia Pro, it's $30. That's a, that's a decent deal. Um, you know, Red Dead uh, Redemption 2, $60. Samurai Showdown, $60. Like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, $60. Like a lot of these games have deals like Tomb Raider, <laughs> Tomb Raider 2013, $20 or 10 bucks with Stadia Pro. Final Fantasy 15, $40 or 30 bucks with Stadia Pro. And, you know, it's, I don't know who wants to buy yeah, a $60 no. game on here. I think the better sell would have been them to really load up Stadia Pro with like a, a bunch of interesting releases and like make the subscription compelling. Cause right now I, there's nothing compelling about a subscription that gives you um, modest like deals and then a copy of uh, Destiny 2 that is disconnected from all the other versions of Destiny. <laughs> also, Which isn't is, Destiny 2 free to play at this point? Yeah, but I think, do you get Shadowkeep? Yeah, they're... Okay. Um, but that's so small. That game is so huge. There's so much free Destiny 2 on every other platform yeah. at this point. Yeah. I'm not moved by the inclusion of the latest expansion as like... Uh, yeah, it's like I, yeah. I, I 30 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I get what you're saying. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's a, it's a thing where in six months I could see them, you know, once a lot of the stuff gets, you know, sort of, like, ironed out, like, okay, you know, wait your wait for your announcements that, like, make the subscription more compelling to when you want to start pointing people towards it and you spend the holiday season just getting people who, I want to try out the new tech. I just want to see what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. So it's, like, it's a service that you should go in if you're at all, like, curious about it, like, just eyes wide open in like what you're getting into. I just don't think there's a lot of just, there's almost no justification for the $130 package and you should stick to, you know, the TV and phone stuff. If you just want to like, you know, spend $30 to like see how it works and like fulfill a curiosity. But I, you know, I, I re have really hard time recommending that to anyone. It's cool. It works. But I, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. you can just take someone's word for that and then just see how this pans out. Yeah. Rob, did you have something before? It looked like you maybe wanted to jump in with the thing. No, it's one of those things that I'm, I have, I have curiosity, but it's tangential and I'm not sure I should raise it. Okay. You sit on that. You let me know if you want to change your mind. Uh, <laughs> while while you're sitting on that curiosity, I do have some more rapid fire questions I'm going to hit you with from people yeah, who responded. Uh, Lewis Williams wants to know, uh, are the load times significantly shorter? That's like one of the promises here, theoretically, is, hey, it's spinning up a really fast computer. So you load up Red Dead. Does that uh, opening load blow by? It loads uh, fast. It's not gone. You know, it's not, this is not the promise of, you know, the PS5 and, you know, the next Xbox where they're saying maybe we say, goodbye to loading times because right. I also think that requires like architectural changes to you know how games are programmed right. um, so maybe that comes as like a gift to Stadia as other games uh, implement that stuff but um, I mean the load times are fast but they're not they're not gone uh, Jeff Grubb wants to know how embarrassed would you be to use a gamepad clamp and phone <laughs> to play in public which is like a joke but it's also kind of real like what is that did you how did you play in Starbucks when you were playing in Starbucks so it was just a phone on the table so or yeah, so it comes with yeah this like like stand that you could like put the phone on top of, um, which I quickly realized is basically a requirement because right now the controller does not connect wirelessly to the phone. So um, I believe that is also coming <laughs> okay. later, but right now it doesn't. So you have to connect it through a USB uh, C cable, um, and the one they 
sent me. Um, I guess I could have replaced it at some point. I guess maybe the one on my MacBook would have been a little bit uh, longer, but it would have still been unwieldy. But basically, like, you have this cable you've connected the phone to, and then you're setting the, you know, you have the controller in your hand. And there was just, like, no, there was, like, no way to do it on my lap. I was, like, trying to do, think of a, like an ideal scenario is like, oh, like my daughter's watching Disney Plus and like I'm going to sit here with the phone on my lap and uh, I'll connect the controller. It's just like there was no way to shift my legs around to even make that work. Yeah. And at a table, when you have the the cable connected, I just I couldn't get it to stand up. Like it just it just <clears throat> didn't work. Like so you'd have to use the stand um, in order to, to, to make it function. Like there'd be a little less like. Well, before I should say, like, I don't easily get embarrassed about that sort of shit. It's like I walk around with AirPods. So it's like I've, you know, I've walked off the map in terms of like looking goofy with devices hanging off uh, my head. Uh, so I don't really get, I don't really get that um, sort of like, <laughs> like external shame over that. But you would be able to, you would be able to get rid of some of it once the wireless is there. Because then you would just have like a phone and that you could like your, prop up against yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And you could just have like the controller like under a table. Um but uh, I, I found the phone stuff to be interesting on a theoretical level, but like not particularly practical, especially when the controller's yeah. not wireless. Um, I don't know if it had, like on Steam, uh, if you stream a game to your phone, it has built in touch controls that are terrible. You shouldn't use them. Yeah, but, but like there. it has like an, yeah. they're there and like are, are, I guess, hypothetically playable if you're, you know, playing like a roguelike or something that is turn based um, where you could make it make do. I don't know if Stadia does that. I, I always just loaded it with controller because that, the whole pitch of it is that you you're playing full fledged, you know, games on on this thing, so you would want a controller attached. Yeah. Um, this one comes from Jacob, who says, "How much extra is it costing you on data cap alone? Have you have you tracked?" So that stuff? I did. I thought about a way to try and track that, and event and decided just to punt it to people who would be able to do it better than me, because sure. the way Comcast reports data, it, you can't break it down by source. Mm. Um, so uh, there is like apps you can download on Windows where it'll track like the input output that is happening on the network. So I, I theoretically could have like set up Destiny 2 and just had it like sit on an idle screen. for. But the segment know, a- did open with you describing your mesh network as the tube network. So <laughs> yeah, pro- like I think safe to say like Patrick's estimates of <sighs> bandwidth consumption probably would have been... Iffy. Also, I, I it's um it I dumped it in the bucket of uh the service being shoddy. Like it's I'm not that concerned. Like the data cap is a huge concern. Like it's an existential question about how how we deal with this. But like my whole approach to it was not. I was like there will be other people that inform me better. I mean I will say like in the in the app itself. So you can control there are a couple of sort of like layers that you can do to manage the way uh, like resolution and stuff is handled. Like you only get, you don't get a bunch of customizability. Like you go into the settings option of any game. You're not getting like chances to mess around with that stuff with, within the, the game itself. That is all being, whatever is pre-built into the game is, is, is what the game mm-hmm. is spitting out. Um, you have like, you know, a 4k option that is, let me see what I think I wrote down where all of them were. Oh, I actually have the app in front of me. I'll just open it up. Because it, la- it lays out, like, what you can expect from um, data uh, usage. Yeah, data usage and performance. Yeah, so there's three options. You have best visual quality. Play with high-quality graphics up to 4K resolution. Data usage might reach 20 gigabytes an hour. Um, Stadia Pro only. So you need to be signing up for the subscription to even get the, the 4K stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, balanced. Let's data determine the best experience based on your internet connection. 
they don't get, they don't give you an estimate based <laughs> okay. on that. Um, limited data usage. Limit your data usage to 4.5 gigs an hour, so they'll cap it. Visual quality will be also be capped at 720p. Um, one of the things I wish um, – I know they don't want to talk about this because the, the way they've talked around it, the entire lead-up to, to launch, like post-announcement, was to just pretend that like – Data caps will just figure themselves out, which is not nope. the way that works. I mean, like if we had like a functional Congress, like, you know, regulation could be passed where it did figure itself mm-hmm. out. But that's – I, I, I mean, I that's – right. Con- yeah. But I, wish, but I wish in the app you could track it. Like, hey, we'll just track it for you and you can just figure out what's best for – like the app, like the service, it presents itself. Even It, it goes far enough to include like how much it's going to eat per hour but doesn't – give you any options to manage that. Like if they, if there's a low cost, you know, low data option that says like, Hey, we'll just straight up cap what goes out at 4.5 gigs an hour. Like, I don't know if I wish there was a slider, but I do wish there were options that told me like, Hey, in your session today, here's what Stadia ate up. Now I understand why they don't do that because it's like in some level a bad look, but I really wish it surfaced information so that you could, be better equipped to understand that because it is the case that in most ha- – unless you are a single person, like single apartment in which you are the only person eating network traffic, like it's just h- going to be hard to fully digest. Like if you've got multiple Netflix streams, you know, it's just in a full household where people are eating up things on all sorts of devices. Um, the f- I know Google can track what Stadia is eating up and I just wish it would actually tell you. But for, for what it actually um, did on my side, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. But my guess is that will be the focus of some pieces that will be – illuminate that better than I ever could. Yeah. Uh, I know you didn't get a lot of phone time with it, but like how is text readability asks uh, someone uh, on, on your Twitter? Because I know that's been, that's been a recurring conversation yeah. this, this fall with a bunch of different games and um, without like a lot of options yeah. there. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I didn't, um, I admittedly did not take like super uh, close, but also most of the games I was playing didn't, have a lot of dialogue that was going mm-hmm. uh, like I wasn't really paying attention to the the tech size of Mortal Kombat 11 uh, or, or even Destiny 2 truth be told and I only played Red Dead on um, on a TV where it didn't matter as much but uh, I have to double check but I, I, I didn't get the impression that um, Stadia has necessarily set like made a priority that oh because you might be playing on a very small screen we're gonna make sure that accessibility um, functionality is, you know, doubled up um, as a result of that. I think it may be the case. Um, and again, I can amend this uh, and check it later, but I think it's more like Stadia expects like, yo, if you're playing on a phone, like that text is going to be smaller yeah. as opposed to yeah. like accommodating um, in a different direction. Did you get around to playing any multiplayer things? No, okay. unless you count uh, oh, playing Just Dance 2020 with uh, my daughter, um, <laughs> uh, playing Baby Shark, um, in which I, she wanted to hold the phone, but I was like, you don't understand what's going on here. You're not going to earn those points. Leave that in Dad's hands, Jessica. <laughs> um, is there like a whole? And, uh, is there like a whole friends list type situation? There must be. There is Jeff. Jeff Gersman is my friend. He uh, wow, in real life congrats. and in um, uh, thank you. Uh, and uh, he was the one person I added on Stadia. Um, I didn't. I didn't mess with any uh, of that stuff. Um, how I, how people like as a corollary to this, people wanted to know about like privacy stuff. Like you have to put in an email address. You couldn't see Jeff's email address or anything when you friended him, right? No, I the way the friends thing worked was just. Um, I can pull up the interface now because you can only do it on the phone, probably the website. Okay. Uh, to let's see, friends, one friend. 
Oh, friend request from Jeff Grubb. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> recently, oh, I played with I played with Bunny. Uh, so who? When, you, when you search, who's Bunny? And uh, it, 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 I don't know. It, pro, you know what? It honestly, I'm gonna take a stab in the dark. I bet that might be Mike Fahey at Kotaku because uh, I think he goes by like Bunny oh, Spatial and a bunch of different. It, Jeff, things. it says Jeff Grubb played with Bunny. You didn't play uh, with Bunny. I played with Bunny. Wait, so I must you have played did with him. Do a multiplayer game. When would that have even been? Destiny? Mortal Kombat. Destiny. Destiny. It's possible that at some point in Destiny, in me like jumping into the matchmaking, yeah, yeah, I yeah. never actually got to play a game. They had sessions set up, um, but I didn't. Maybe I got like briefly put in the queue where it's like yeah, trying yeah, to find yeah. players. Yeah. And then I got, I quit out because it was like one of 13 and uh, we weren't getting there. Um, so when you well, well, wait, search. What did, did you play? You played like a regular mission in Destiny, right? Yeah. If you're ever in a patrol zone, you're getting connected to random people. Oh, that's probably yeah, actually yeah. Yeah. that's probably that that's probably sense. actually okay. what happened. So yeah, you just search for like stadium name. Um, you don't and it, it has a um, like Discord style naming system. So it's like you have gotcha. visual like display name, but like what's actually like undergirding that is like you know a code. That, right. Um, it, so like you could have like multiple Patrick's or Jeffs, and then they're differentiated by the number that comes. Um, Gotcha. After it. Um, in terms of like privacy stuff, uh, let's see what friends and privacy <coughs> says in the section here. Um, Doing it live. A lot of this is like the real standard, like who can see what you're doing, you know, whether that's like all players, friends, friends of friends. Um, you can on a game by game basis give games access to your friends list. Like I have a bunch of different like sliders I can turn off and on here, but if it's if the question is like probably more rooted in like I'm scared of Google, um, yeah, yeah, there's not there's nothing here that's like gonna let you drill down um, more specifically <coughs> than beyond what you should expect from you know other other platforms and kind of the granularity they give you there. Yeah, uh, that's the gist of what it was. A lot of people asking stuff that I don't we've already covered or that you wouldn't know yet anyway. So we'll check in. I think people can continue to kind of shoot questions your way over the coming weeks. I think as the service unfolds, we'll have a better idea. Uh, just real quick, what's your up down at home? Uh, I have that. Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, so like yeah, the, just yeah, I should I could have the up down at Starbucks was thirty six down seven up, and I think the baseline. For 1080p, they say is 20, um, and then the, the the baseline for like 720p is like 10 or something like that. But I, you know, I, if you're if you're out there, I don't know that you're going to be having like a very good time uh, right. playing it. Uh, my up down at home is uh, 161 down and and 12 up. Um, so uh, a, like a pretty decent connection mm-hmm. all all told. You know, it's just given the minimum for 1080 is supposed to be. Uh, 20. Um, so, you know, that's, and that was one, I did the test of 161, um, off my lap. I like brought my laptop as close to my TV as possible. And then just like assumed that would do like a, you know, relatively similar sort of up down test, even though obviously there's different, you know, networking equipment in that versus the Chromecast ultra, but that at least gave me a sense. It was, it was similar on my phone. So I, I assumed it was, uh, at least somewhat applicable to what was happening there. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uh, I, it was a cool when it was working and like like I can imagine myself using it. Um, I just don't know that I'd be using it to play any of these games. But it was genuinely fucking cool to just like, yeah, hold this you know you know hold the start button on the controller. The interface comes up. It'd be even nicer if you have a more modern TV. Like my TV's six years old, 
seven years old. And so it doesn't have like that. I don't know what the technical like feature is called, but basically like the handshake that like on HDMI where like devices can like, you know, you could have your Chromecast or your Google home, like turn your TV on and off. Like mine doesn't have that. Right. Um, so I have to manually, you know, turn my TV on and, and, you know, switch inputs. But, um, if you have a, a TV that is capable of that, which is pretty much like any TV in like the last like handful of years, you know, you press the center button on the Stadia controller, it'll turn the TV on, it'll switch to the input and it'll get you to the menu screen. And um, the notion of being able to do that and then just jump into, like I'm probably, gonna, like, I was bummed I never played Mortal Kombat 11 story mode because it's a lot of fun. Um, Are you going to finish and, it on Stadia? Are you going to play through I it? I think so. I cool. think it's my plan. It's like I, play, I ended up playing like two and a half hours of it and I was like, I might as well just like do the whole thing uh, uh, here. Um, and I was having a really good time and it looked gorgeous. And like it was just, it was also like really neat to see like a fucking super high res, uh, like, I love my Switch, um, but I am not going to sit and pretend that, like, that's the version of The Witcher 3 I want to play. Right, sure, it is not. Sure. Like, it's cool that they made it work on there. That shit looks like garbage. Like, it's it's garbage, like, that is, like, cool that it made it there. Like, I, I respect to Witcher 3 for running on on the Switch. Like, I'm, I'm glad right. that people are going to play that. Right. They don't have any other way. But... Like that's let's not pretend to ourselves that like that's how we want to play that game, and so the notion that you know this will never happen. But if there was like a Stadia, like, you know, can I get a Stadia app on Switch right. where right. like huh. I could like you know I could I could have like an, a best in class controller and then like streaming that around my house Listen, or somewhere else? Like that's the dream. Microsoft and Cyberpunk. I'd, Make yeah. it happen. Microsoft, Nintendo. Give me the app. Get, Give me the Xbox, the Xbox app on there, baby. Get the xCloud, Xbox shit that they're doing. Load that shit on. Microsoft's all about services now, baby. There's, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm saying, imagine that E3 presentation. If I could play Gears of Gears, Gears yeah. Five yeah. on my Switch, yeah. like Via, that, oh, that, like yeah. So and that's where like the playing Stadia is like it. I'm less. I'm so less interested. I, you're not sold I'm on Stadia, but you're sold on cloud gaming. Like you're sold yeah, on yeah, this yes. being a thing that could fit into our lives in the future. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. With all the compromises that go with that, like I think, um, like towards the end of piece, I point out, like, yeah, there's lots of problems here. Like people are using the 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 companies are using the carrot of convenience to take power um, away from consumers. Right. right. Like you don't own these games now. Granted, yeah, of course even games you buy at the store on some like technical legal level of, you know, a license, yada, 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 digital, yada, yada. But like you have more control. We've seeded that over time to convenience and Stadia, which is different than like, you know, you know, Xbox offering you a game that you can optionally stream over the cloud. That's a different level of compromise than Stadia, which just says that like you have no access, no rights to a local copy of that game. Um, and so I, I, Agree, all of that is a problem, especially because we don't have a government that has uh, uh, any interest in like clamping down on that or can like conserving those rights as like this convenience expands. But convenience always wins, right? That's why people go to piracy. It's why people like you know streaming services. Like convenience wins at the end of the day. And like in the Windows where Stadia worked, I saw a future where that convenience will win for a lot of people. Um, and uh, I, you know, again, like it's not Stadia, but yeah, it's it's an Xbox app on a on a Switch yeah. where I can actually play Witcher Three. Or as I've long posited, I, I think Stadia, I think Stadia's true launch is going to happen sort of like next spring, and I think they're going to hang their hat a lot on Cyberpunk because I think that game is going to look pretty rough on base level Xboxes and PS4s. Yeah. Run okay on a PS4 Pro and run like better on an Xbox one X, 
But I think that game is going to disappoint on consoles in a way that, look, if you could just like spin it up and play on a high-end PC and like you're basically renting a high-end PC for like the month or two that you play that game, like that's a that's a pretty like that's a pretty compelling idea, yeah, um, and one that I could see myself being convinced and, and other people being potentially convinced by. Let's take a break. We come back. We can talk about some other stuff. I know Rob, you've been playing some after party, and Kato, I know you're you're deep into Pokemon, Pokemon. Sword of the Sword and Shield duo. So let's take a quick break. Come back. Let's talk some more about some video games. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back. Patrick, it sounds like the reviews are in. And Stadia. Um, In the time we uh, took that break, for real, reviews dropped, it sounds like. Yeah, the the embargo went up and all the, the, the early press is going up. I... Um, this will be the last bit of status when we talk about something else, but I, I was genuinely surprised they decided to send this early to press, um, because of how broken it was, because of how, um, clearly they were fixing things at the last second, even Mm. with reviewers, you know, like on a Friday night, late Friday night being like, Hey, is it code for Red Dead Redemption 2? And then on Saturday, like, ah, here's what the pricing is. It just seemed like, yo, if it's going to be early access, like just... Go, like I just I don't mm, I, if I was in <laughs> I'm glad I'm look hey I'm all for transparency I'm glad I got to play it and give people a heads up of what to expect if I was on their marketing team I yeah. don't know that I I would have I would have said screw the press and just let it let it go to launch and we'll figure it out from there because the the through line seems to be you know exactly what I said of like what, <coughs> hit, the, hit a button and it works okay now what um and that seems to be the conclusion a lot of people have. Have drawn, yeah. So, well, anyway. those reviews are out there. People can people can go read your piece, go read other pieces, can see footage for themselves. I hope, I hope mm-hmm. that they do that before they spend any money. <laughs> um, <laughs> how's how's everything going, Rob and and Cotto? Do you, who who wants to dive in first? Uh, you know what, Rob? Let's start with you because I'm I am I I have not put any time. I put a little time into Pokemon. I put no time into After Party, and it feels like After Party landed without much fanfare. Like compared to Oxenfree, the game by the same studio, Night School Studios. Yeah, and I think we talked a bit about this last year. I Oxenfree was one of those games I finally got around to via Game Pass, right? It's one of those things where you're just not sure what you want to play on a weekend. You're yeah. like, oh, that sounds I remember that sounding interesting. And it was one of those perfect, like lazy Sunday, just play through the whole game. And I was really, really impressed. Um, and then a couple months later, uh, on somebody's suggestion, after I was really high on Oxenfree, somebody's like, you should check out the Mr. Robot game that Night School made for mobile, uh, which was another really interesting uh, work of like 
almost like interactive fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was sort of a, a a mobile narrative game, and both of those games I think really played to they, they sort of showcase what night school strength is, right? Which is in a lot of ways they are making character and dialogue driven uh, games that are mostly about characters hanging out and bouncing off each other. And everything else is kind of secondary to that. After Party, I played a little bit of it at PAX, and it didn't quite click with me there uh, a few a few months back. And now that I've played the entire thing, the muted reception this game got sort of made more sense to me because, honestly, I found it unfucking bearable um, wow. for the first, like, two, three. It's not that long a game either. Oh, so okay. when I say, like, I hated the first two, three hours of the game. I'm saying I basically hated half of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it started to claw its way back uh, in the the last act as some of its themes became a little more apparent. But to give you the quick premise, um, After Party opens on two characters, um, Milo and uh, Lola, who find themselves in hell. And they have no recollection of how they died or how they ended up there. They're just in hell. And where this gets a little bit, um, like, immediately begins to give off kind of twee vibes because it is a vision of hell where it's just a cool party where everyone just wants to hang out and drink. And there's gags about, like, what sort of punishments people get, but really... Hell is just a bar crawl. It's just sort of a long night in a college town. Okay. And that is the vision of hell that this game has. And the story that Milo and Lola are told early is that there is a loophole in the laws governing hell that if you win a drinking game against Satan, you get to leave and you go back to your, your life in the mortal realm. And so your two characters embark on a one crazy night uh, type journey across hell as they attempt to do the chain of favors that will allow them to challenge Satan to this drinking contest at the end of the game and win their lives back. And the thing that really frustrated me here is it's where I realized that I don't think night school is in charge of its voice or tone uh-huh. as much as I've previously thought. So if you remember Oxenfree, all the characters put on a lot of affect. There Constant. is a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of like sarcastic redirection. There's a lot of uh, self-referential humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of really try-hard irony. And it works in Oxenfree because I think two things. One, Oxenfree is about teenagers hanging out, uh, and teenagers do that shit all the time, right? Like, basically, adolescence is performance, and Oxenfree's tone tended to work well with that. And the other thing that Oxenfree did very well is, even from the earliest, it made clear that there was some real shit underneath the surface 
of all those interactions. Yeah, the, the affect was was there as a sort of almost as a sort of like translation mechanism. It was like, okay, let's get all of these people are affecting a certain personality because being in that affective mode is protective, but also because it's like a shared language. And what's underneath yep. those what's underneath that affect is something that they don't want to discuss necessarily. They are not comfortable. They don't have the tool set, the sort of like social tool set as teenagers to approach directly between each other or more directly between each other. Um, and, and that basically worked for me, but you know, I, I, I think I'm a little yeah. cooler on, on oxen free than you are, but I, I think you're, that read is a hundred percent where I'm at with that game. And I think it worked out okay in the Mr. Robot game because your primary interlocutor in that game is, um, Oh, hell, uh, the sister, um, in Mr. Robot. Uh, I have yeah, years since I watched. I only watched the first season of Mr. Yeah. Robot. And I cannot pull But Yeah, but in the first season, before things get extremely real yeah, in yeah, Mr. Yeah, Robot, yeah, yeah. Yeah. some of the hacker crew have a similar sort of like half hacker affect, very uh, very ironic, uh, very detached and affecting like a, sort of a cool detachment. Mm -hmm. And again, that played well with uh, the way Night School tends to write. After Party is nonstop that affect, but never gets around to the real shit. Um, it never gets around to implying there's anything beyond these be beyond this affect. It's very much like that it's like a script that was written by someone who whose only encounter with like script writing was reading the screenplay for Juno. Yeah. Um, Which was already part of my beef with Oxenfree, was despite seeing that it developed at a, at a certain point, it was still... And I'm someone who, like, when Juno dropped, I was still young enough that all of that appealed to me. And oh, that twi that twee music was just like, yeah, yeah okay, let's a great, go. <laughs> great soundtrack. I, I, I was... The reason that, that I can, like, say, oh, yeah, there was something underneath is I was absolutely that adolescent, like deep yeah. affect constantly in that that mode either hyper you know solemn and depressed and serious or very twee and like f you know trying to be charming by dropping references or by you know doing basically word games with people constantly you know what i mean like there's what was the zach what was the zach braff one that that was the oh, right Juno? Uh, garden, Juno? garden state of course yeah garden state. love that soundtrack right love See, that soundtrack is, that is... movie did not age love that movie in the moment and then like grew up looked at it again and like right let's I just hold on to the sins. soundtrack and get rid of the movie <laughs> I know these sins because these sins are mine. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other yes. thing for me, Rob, the other big question for me is like, it feels like the stakes in this game are maybe different or not the stakes, but there is a hell exists in this world. And that means that there is a perspective at play where the affect become could become uh it should shake the affect. Do you know what I mean? The world shouldn't carry the tone of the characters with it if if the if the game understands that the characters are putting on a persona, if that makes sense. Yeah, very much so. But this game's this game's version of hell is very much like the the cosmology of this game yeah. is very much like Someone read the plot synopsis for his dark materials <laughs> and like put on a really intense vocal fry the entire oh, time. Wow. And like those are the stakes. Like So you're oh basically no, saying the hell we're of in hell. 
You're saying I guess that sucks. <laughs> You're saying that the version of hell in this game is the version the characters of this game would have come up with. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> it's, so it's not even that bad. It's like, oh, we want to get back to our lives, and this is the thing. I think the frustrating thing about this, you can see traces of it in Oxenfree. As this begin game begins to get a little bit real, there are traces of like if I thought any studio were going to pull out something like making some sort of relationship drama like Before Midnight or Mickey and Nikki or um, like I think it would be Night School because they really do handle just characters talking endlessly and just sort of going through scenes and just like uh, just the way conversations skitter and dart back and forth. But here it never gets around to – like I played this, I played through the entire game. I have no sense of who Milo and Lola are. Like are the, I, I really don't. Leads, and the I'm game guessing? even, pardon. Those are the leads. Those are the main characters. Who? Okay. Yeah, and this game has like a like you know all these voice actors, right? Right. Uh, Gavin Carr is uh, you know is is playing Lola. Ashley Birch is uh, sort of the, the cab driver uh, that's shepherding you around hell. Um, so like, you know, all you, you know, all the voices here and like, it's just a, an all-star, like they're, they're pros reading these lines, but there's not much there. It's a lot of good actors handling material that just is kind of weightless. And they even sort of set up this problem in that early on, why can't I remember my death? Well, uh, you know, when you go to hell, you don't remember your death. And you actually don't remember much about your life. But then this the entire drama that's sort of set up here in the opening is Lola and Milo are best friends and best friends forever. But their relationship might be deeply unhealthy and toxic. They're not – they're at this crossroads. They just graduated college. Are they actually friends? Mm. Are they just codependent? Do they love each other but also hate each other that way that like codependent, like close friends can begin to feel like – trapped and like find friendships become cloying by the time you're 20, if yeah. they've lasted throughout your, your formation into an adult, the game implies that it's going to get into that. But I played through the entire game and even when the big reveals happen, like there was a big scene in my playthrough and this can all go different ways. So like there's a lot of different outcomes these relationships can have. I ended up with a scene where Lola sort of admitted to Milo that she wasn't sure if their relationship was that healthy ever. Mm. And maybe they shouldn't be friends anymore. Like they love each other, but maybe they just need to not be in each other's lives. If they make it out of this, like it could be their, their time as, as pals has passed. And that would have been a really great moment if I'd had any sort of <laughs> sense of like, why that relationship mattered. What were the stakes? Right. Like instead, the entire thing is if we make it back to the land of the living, which is a totally meaningless concept here, because they might as well be in Bloomington. Um, and if they make it back, maybe their relationship needs to change. Don't care. I like, there's just, there's, there's a weightlessness there. What begins to salvage it in the third act. <clears throat> sorry, I'm burying the lead here. The big mechanical innovation here, the big mechanical change is that it's college town. Every, like everywhere you go, everything is happening in bars. 
in Oxenfree, there are always those dialogue options that yeah. you had to like think fast and figure out how you would want to react in the conversation. Sometimes it worked well. Sometimes it sort of felt like your character would just speak into the void and the scene would play out. Here, depending on what you are drinking, a different option might appear. Ah. Uh, hmm. And what's the Kirkland? So option? if you have a <laughs> pardon, what's get the, out. What's the Kirkland? You're not welcome in hell. <laughs> what's the Kirkland option? You're not welcome. Uh, excuse me. Do you not think they're only the Kirk- serving the- Kirkland in hell? <laughs> the Kirkland option. My new memoir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Matt, Matt that'd, be, that'd, be more, that'd be more like my 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 political thriller, <laughs> like my Tom Clancy ripoff. The Kirkland, the Kirkland option. option. Yeah. Uh, so the. The the conceit here is that different drinks affect you different ways. It's sort of like the myth- mythology around tequila, yeah, but yeah. here uh-huh. it's like totally different personality shit opens up to you. So you can have the liquid courage thing. Your character just comes like out with it, just very from the shoulder. There was it was one funny bit where this worked well, where I had a drink that turned you, gave you the affect of a rich asshole, mm. and I was sort of playing a character trying to sort of. Uh, not get found out in a disguise. And so seeing the characters play out like, well, actually, I don't work. I just, uh, you know, analyze the markets. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was funny seeing these characters sort of lapse into that. But two things. If you have a weird relationship with alcohol, it's a weird conceit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And second of all, it's just not that interesting. For For the most part, it doesn't matter what, flavor you're injecting into these conversations it it doesn't it's not relevant at all to most of the uh exchanges you have but then here's the twist i should maybe oh fuck it so are we do you want to spoilers is what you're saying (sighs) yeah i don't know we should have a conversation because because i raised weeks i'm happy i would like to hear it but jump ahead okay by a few minutes kata will leave a timestamp in the in the uh, description if you want to like jump ahead. So, okay, go ahead. So as I was saying, this game might seem a little weird. If you have a weird relationship with alcohol or if someone in your family has had a weird relationship with alcohol, like the conceit here is strange. And I did have one and, and to do these favors, to win these challenges, usually have to win a really boring, uh, like mini game based around a drinking game. And it requires getting drunk with these characters. You can refuse to drink with a number of these characters. Mm. And the game is very quick to be like, hey, no pressure. It's all good. Like, we don't have to do that. So it's not like a game where you are compelled to play act in most cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, having to just get, like, shit-faced with people. But I'm not sure you can do a, like, straight-edge run of After Party right now. There seem to be some places where it was kind of built in. But in the third act, the game reveals... That the real drama, the real conflict here, is that Satan, played by uh, Dave Fenoy, who's a voice actor you've heard oh, yeah. everywhere. He's Lee in um, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, he, like you, you will hear Satan. It's a great performance, and uh, you immediately like know that voice. Satan is an alcoholic, and the third act of the game is about confronting like the reason he's like, Hey, let's do this drink. Let's do this drinking contest is great is because Satan is deeply depressed and is seriously abusing alcohol. Hmm. And that becomes sort of the main focus of the third act. 
And this stuff isn't bad. This is the funny thing. You spent hour, like you spent hours and hours with with Lola and Milo, and I was ready to walk those fuckers into the the lake of lava. Like <laughs> fuck those kids. But Satan and his demon family, seeing them be like, "Man, you're not okay," was affecting. Hmm. Like watching him, like having everything that he was doing reframed as like. This is a guy who is in serious pain. Right. His coping mechanisms have fully gotten away from him. Yeah. And he is looking for more excuses and more rationales to indulge in that behavior more dramatically without raising questions to others or more importantly to himself to avoid facing what is happening. And that stuff worked pretty well. It's not it's not brilliant. You're still but, seeing that stuff from Lola and Milo's perspective. You're not like, oh, dude, you're just like, it's hilarious. The third act is like, boom, it's intervention time. You oh show up for you show up for the drinking contest. And the whole night you've had the sense that like some of the people you're working with, like there's another agenda. And you think it's like there's going to be a coup against the throne of hell. Huh. But actually, it's family intervention. That's really interesting. And your characters are like, uh, should we? be here for this and it's kind of funny but the answer is no right like <laughs> the right. answer is no we you're thought, too you're too complete random right you thought you were hamlet but you were rosencrantz and guildenstern like you're not supposed to be here at all this is not your fucking story right and yet you are still pivotal to it right of course um and so but what worked for the other thing that worked for me is the game people have their own viewpoints about this stuff. Um, everyone's, if you've had, if you've dealt with alcoholism in your family or in your own life, like all those stories are a little bit different. They all, they like, they're, they're not exactly the same. Um, the thing I liked about this portrayal of like what's going on with Satan is that it's not, you can't reduce it to, Oh, dude's an alcoholic. Like the problem is just the alcohol. No, behind, behind that is, deeper problems. I'm not even sure that like him stopping drinking is really going to address the real issues. My right? guy is like, still when Satan, he begins to right. Like, right. Like, and you know, this is, this is a game that very much wants you to know it went through freshman literature. Like okay. it's read paradise lost. Mm -hmm. It's read, uh, John Don. Right, right, right. It will, it will, it will quote this stuff constantly and then identify it, um, for you immediately. Um, but, the position it takes is Satan's very much a guy still like basically dealing with parental rejection for a mistake that he was too young to understand that he was making. And that it is irrevocable, right? Like he fucked up as a teenager basically. And his punishment is to be sent to hell forever. And that's kind of the, the stakes you're dealing with is, you know, why was I treated this way? Why did this happen to me? And right. that's not a problem. Like that sort of rejection in the in the games framing, him not drinking anymore is not going to solve that. Drinking is not helping, but like is being driven by something. And I did appreciate the fact that like there's a tendency sometimes in stories of addiction to reduce things to as simple to being as simple as this substance, this activity is the problem. And it's like no, you can stop doing that, and the pain remains real. Mm -hmm. Your life still makes you feel like shit. 
So how do we solve that problem? Yeah, what is the proactive or the, the kind of like, um, uh, yeah, the, the proactive solution right. to addressing those things, building in other coping mechanisms that are healthier, uh, getting together like right. healthy processes that you, you know, guide your day by, et cetera. Yeah. And also, right. so and also like, whatever wounds, you don't necessarily heal those wounds or those broken relationships and people who judged you may have – that judgment may remain and you have to figure out a way to live with that stuff and like come – you know, rearrange your life such that – that or, or, or you know, think about the, the wounds you can heal and mend, the relationships you can mend and think about creating a life that does not necessarily rely on mending those relationships to still be healthy and positive because you never know if, if you'll have access again, you know? Yeah, and I appreciated the game – leaving that in place. And I appreciate the game didn't go to a complete, like, and then Satan got sober and happily ever yeah, after. Yeah. Like it didn't, it didn't do that. But to me, it's a major fucking problem that like for about half this game's length, none of these themes were really in play. It was all just characters being glib and quipping at each other and not very, they weren't very funny. That's yeah, the other yeah, thing. Yeah. It's very much like, Rapid fire dialogue, but not witty dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, and then the real stakes emerge and they have nothing to do with your characters. And I don't know, man, third act is too late to reveal what the story is actually about and then have it basically be tangential to the story you've been telling. Yeah. Like it feels like they had like this, the, the third act early and then worked backwards, but didn't have a good way to, to get there. Um, and also maybe just took a little too much of their, uh, what people liked about Oxenfree and turned the dial up way too much. Like part of what was charming about Oxenfree was that it was very understated and also that it went from, it wasn't a high concept story until later. Like the, the high concept part of it like went as it went along, whereas like this one starts high concept and only like introduces more, <laughs> like right, like introducing Satan in that way. And it just feels like maybe they lost a little bit of like what actually people responded to in Oxenfree and had the wrong takeaways on like what the sophomore effort of their studio should be. Mm -hmm. And low key, uh, uh, like a thing that did matter to me is that they changed art styles. Like if you compare screenshots of this to Oxenfree, like Oxenfree sort of had a uh, animated, um, almost like pen and ink vibe to just the, the, the way it was colored. Like a lot of pastel colors, a lot of muted tones, uh, a lot of flattened, uh, like flattened a lot of depth in the frame. Uh, so that it was very much like characters on uh, sort of flattened 2D backgrounds. And this is very much a 3D game, tons of light, uh, tons of, uh, you know, the models are way more, they're, they're much more clearly 3D models uh, this time around. And the, the game is working much harder to sell you on a sort of uh, graphical realism around the idea of a bar strip at night. And it just is kind of charmless. You know, you look at After Party next two screenshots of some of, you know, the places you go wandering in Oxenfree. Oxenfree is kind of a pretty game that leaves you in that nice meditative state and, like, lets you focus in on the characters. Um, After Party is kind of grating in the way that, like, a night out at the bars becomes grating after a while, right? Where yeah. you're just like, I I'm sorry, can can we go somewhere we can hear each other talk for a minute? Can we go somewhere where your face isn't like lit by red neon? Uh, so I don't know. It, it just, 
the game, I ended up, I enjoyed the third act. Um, but overall, like, this was a game that I really, like, it remained just interesting enough that I kept stick that I stuck with it. But on balance, I wish I hadn't played it at all. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a bummer. Hmm. Um, I, yeah. You, I, there was a moment there where you're like, huh, four or five hours long. Is that about right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, an interesting third act. Maybe I'll give it a go. But given given that takeaway, it's hard to it's hard to think about putting time into it, especially because, like, again, if it is just that same rapid fire oxen free vibe of like and again, I think oxen free landed more than it than it missed for me. But where instead of jokes, what you have is speed or like instead of like heavy hits, you just have rapid fire. Like there's a degree to which the one method of comedy is just like hit them over and over and over again until the pace and cadence like weakens someone's comic like barrier. And there's just (laughs) such a, that is a style of comedy and it can work. Like I think even great uh, shows and, and comedians can do this. I think like early 30 rock is just like, it is just about rapid fire. And like, there are good jokes in there. And when they hit, they hit harder because you've been weakened by that stuff, but you need those good jokes for that method to really work for me. Otherwise it's just going to fall. Early hours of this reminded me of Hudsucker. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Pass. Like which which is divisive. Yeah, Cohen yeah, yeah. Movie, I, right. Yeah. Like I hate it. Yeah. I like I yeah. hate the Hudsucker yeah. proxy because the writing pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Um, because exactly Hudsucker always mean. felt like their attempt to channel like his girl Friday. And it yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, well, thank you, Rob, for reporting in from from uh, the front lines of anime. Like I said before, and that's <laughs> and that's the latest from Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Fuck it. Yeah. Listen, I don't spend money on it. Shit. Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> Just look at it. Risk of services don't cost you anything. Yeah, they're, they're free. free. They're basically free. Right? Goes on <laughs> credit card. Gone. You know, honestly, if you treat, think of you know what? Here's here's the, here's what would here's the pitch for after party that works. Go see your friends play. Right. Ew. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go see your friends play. Like yeah. you like your friends. Yeah. You want you know. Mm-hmm. And it's important to support independent theater. Babysitter uh, yeah. uh, called. They can't make it. <laughs> Shit. Damn. Yeah, I guess I gotta stay home. Can't make. Do you want to still? You and can that's still all go. there is from I Game can't Pass. go with you, but you can still yeah, go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks. And if you don't go, they're gonna be mad at us. Someone has Someone to go. Someone has to go. <laughs> yeah. I got a Wrong kid. Way. You gotta, you know, say that Patrick say that. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah I got a better yeah. excuse than you, buddy. Fuck. I've been Shit. in this scenario for sure. <laughs> Quick. Mm, I'm sorry. Yep. Go see your friends play reminded me of just detective fiction recommendation. Austin, you spe- you specifically. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> when the sacred gin mill closes. Which is also a story about alcoholism. Now that I think the about sacred. It. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So it's from Lawrence Block's Good Phase. Okay. Because um, he had a good phase, a very good phase as a detective fiction writer, and then he became a very mediocre one, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But that one is very much about like weird resentments that build up between friends and like creative communities in New York in like the seventies. Okay. Cool. It's a really good like period piece. Cool. Wrote it down. Uh, nice. Awesome. There's no segue here. No. Kato. Pokemon. <laughs> Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield. So last week we we went into like what yeah. the controversy was around it and the the fan like negative reaction yeah. from a, a loud subset of the fans. I, I will say like one of the reactions I saw out there in response to our conversation was from fans of the series who 
were skeptical or even negative on Sword and Shield in the lead up, but who felt like their voices were being buried under the Dexter, the Dexteers, right? <laughs> and like, hey, but I have, re- I have, I have real concerns. Yeah. Um. What? What about that? And this? And this? Like, forget about the national deck stuff or or whatever. Blah 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 blah. So I'm curious for you as someone who is a long term fan. Mm-hmm. You've never missed a mainline entry. I never played. Sapphire. Okay. Third jet. But that is it. That's it. Everything else you've Everything touched else. at least. Every probably played other. a lot of. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so how is it? How are you feeling about uh, it so, so far? So far, good. Good. The early... The, so here's... So. <laughs> Pokemon has always... It has its formula of what you're going to do in the story. That's never really changed. Sure. There's generally eight of a thing that you have to go do before you fight, like, uh, four people that are very strong. Right. So those eight uh, things are, like, what we think of as gyms normally. Yes, yeah. In the original games, gyms, and, like, that kind of stayed the same for uh, a few iterations. And then, like, they kind of broke that last time with calling it different things. And you actually did other things that you would normally not do in a gym where you would like you know go find a pokemon in a cave or something and like have to like run around and do like a puzzle and then there was a pokemon fight yeah um so but there was still like you know you a series of those, those and then and there's then an elite four there's equivalent elite four. there's like a final and there's a final boss after that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah uh and then there's like so like that's like the main like this is what that's your goal of what you're doing, and yep. then interwoven through that is usually some sort of story. Uh, that this kind of is the, the part that changes the most from game to game of some some team of some sort that is out to do for nefarious reasons, mm-hmm. generally somehow tied up into the legendary Pokemon of that game. Ah. Uh, so like they want to capture they this. The yeah, they want to use that to God. like reset the timeline or something yeah shit like it get the 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 reasons have become yeah they like once god came into 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 it like the reasons have gotten more and more wild each time the last one was like wait was that a joke no 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 no, there's a god pokemon the god pokemon is at least one god pokemon depending on my understanding so there's a pokemon about like finding and killing god not yeah, killing God, not, right? Not, no, capturing God and using God's powers in order to control the world. So, like, you know, rule the world. You know, like, classic Classic shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that Arceus? Is yes, Arceus, Arceus God? is the God. Okay. So, yeah, though, there's totally a Pokemon cos- uh, cosmology, cosmology yeah. uh, going on here. Uh, they, get, they hit God kind of early in the series. It's weird. We've had to kind of spread out more than, like, go up. But uh, I got you, I got you. <laughs> um, so... The the real thing that has changed so far in this is kind of the presentation, like the visual structure of the game, obviously. This is the first one on a mainline console. Mm. Uh so there are, you know, all these all these games having coming out on um portable devices means that they've been mostly limited in what uh how they can present things. Um, due to the power of the consoles and stuff like that. So the big jump is like, oh, wow, there's like cutscenes now in a Pokemon game. That's not a thing that they've done before. Oh, there's like weird, there's like, there's like actions intercut into battle sequences mm-hmm. that are, you know, story stuff that like they couldn't do with their old engines and things like that that are like not super surprising in the wider genre of like RPGs, but like for the Pokemon games, like, oh, these, this is a, a new like level of Pokemon like storytelling that we haven't 
been able to have before because they've always been on uh on portable devices so that stuff has been neat um the story so far is still like you're setting out um the the like twist in this one about the gyms is that in the galar region which is basically the uk uh Mm -hmm. i think the uk flipped upside down because london's in the south right of the uk yeah Mm -hmm. okay so like at the top of the map in Pokemon is like the big is the London equivalent. Okay. Um, and at the bottom is where you start, and you're wearing like, um, uh, things that I would uh, associate as Scottish. Okay. Like hats and things, like certain uh, plaids and things that I'm like, I think this is supposed to be Scotland. <laughs> right. So Sword and Shield is about the ascent of the Stewarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, here and here's the thing: is like I'm still pretty early on, and the reason I'm still pretty early on is that normally, in these Pokemon games, between the first two or three towns, there is usually very little uh, variance in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You've got your rat, you've got your bird, you've got a couple bugs. Uh, maybe you throw in something that is a fighting type in there sometimes, or a rock, some rocks. Things like that, and it doesn't really open up until uh, you know, like three towns in, and then you start seeing the weird stuff that mm-hmm. have different, like more exciting, like elemental stuff. Um, in this game, like from the jump, uh, there's like a wide variety of Pokemon in 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 just between the first two towns. Uh, so I'm spending a lot more time there, like trying to make sure I've gotten everything from that area, and you know, um, and I think. And part of that is is because so like part of the whole national decks thing was that the decks for this game is actually big because they're all in it from the jump. It's not just what can be included technically in the game files. It's like the 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 Pokemon that they've included right. are all actually in the game that you can catch. Right. Okay. Before it was like you there could were, import stuff you at, could, after you beat the game. Yeah. You could import your Charizard or whatever. Yeah. But Charizard wasn't out in the world most right. of the time. Or right. who you know, previous Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And also that's one of the things that they um they kept and seen and like have actually made a little better from uh Let's go Pikachu. Mm-hmm. That one introduced where normally original series uh, before Let's Go was you would walk in tall grass and you would have a random encounter based on, you know, percentage chance of how long you were running around in the grass. Mm-hmm. Um, in Let's Go, they they just put Pokemon models into the into the grass. So you would see what Pokemon is there. You would go touch it and you would start a um, – I'm trying to think. There's – um. Other RPGs have done this, where you see the enemies in the world, right, and you can walk up to them. Um, in this one, they've uh, continued that, but they've added, like, um, different temperaments for the Pokemon. Right. Uh, some of them you have to sneak up on. Some of them will chase you, mm-hmm. uh, which can get kind of terrifying because uh, the, 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 like, big, the big, um, 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 What's the world word I'm looking for? Not mechanic, but like the big sell, the big thing that they're selling with this uh, on this game on is the, uh, an area called the wild area, which is the first like uh, 3D like you can move the camera in 3D war, uh, area in a Pokemon game. Where also uh, it is made up, it is comprised of like sub areas that all have their like different. Uh, is this different than the, ra- the roots? 
Huh? I mean, so explain this to me, because when I saw that stuff, it was like, oh, this is just the roots from between areas in past games, except Those it's still 3D. exist. So those are separate than the Wildlands. Yeah, yeah. You can't control the camera in three dimensions on a route. No. Interesting. Like, the rest okay. of the game is, like, yeah, you can't control the camera at all. It might as well be isometric. It's not isometric exactly, but it kind of feels I that way. I just said Wildlands. That's not what they're called. What no, are they called? No, the, the Wild Area. Area. It's just called the Wild Area. Pokemon Wild. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. Cocaine oh, God, up. it's Sean Berthold. Sean Berthold's here, and he, shot my, he sniped my Pikachu. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, God. Uh, what's interesting, though, about the Wildlands is that uh, you can... Um, you can find some shit that is super high level in there. Hmm. And like, so I was like level, like my Pokemon were around level eight or nine and I run into an Onyx. I'm like, shit, yeah, I'm going to catch this Onyx. Nah. It was, it was level 30. I was like, what the fuck? Wow. That Onyx <laughs> uh, is going about to fuck you up. Yeah. I had to run away and I couldn't, um, uh, normally, uh, what it, what happens is that, uh, based on, an, I forget the exact formula, but based on the d- level differential, of a wild Pokemon to your Pokemon, uh, it's harder to escape from a battle. Wow! Uh, to the point where they've so they've they've always had this item called the Poke Doll, which is just like a get out of jail free doll mm-hmm. free card. <laughs> um, and I like got one super early on, and I was like, "That's weird. What? Like these are useless. Nobody ever uses these because in normal Pokemon games, you're generally of the level of the route that you're like walking into. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got like five before I hit the wildlands. I'm like something's going on here, and then I hit that onyx. It's like I see. Yeah, I'm going to need these because sometimes I will run into a Pokemon that is just going to be grossly over leveled, and I'm like gonna have to run away. Um, so that's like interesting. Like a, there's new dynamic there where like sometimes you can even try to find higher level. Like I found one that was like in the twenties, and it was mm. like. You know what? Actually, my if level my through, level eleven with right. the right with the right match type ups, I can get through it and like get a ton of XP and like everyone leveled all in that one battle. Share is on by default now, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and did you get did you capture that twenty? No. Oh, that's the that's the thing that the gym badges control now is that um, hmm. it basically sets the the like upper max of what you can actually catch. Okay. So I could only fight it for XP, but it was a good chunk of XP. And yeah, that's like so a, great. It was a it was, you know, like And probably a more interesting fight yes. than like thirteen, you know, grinding matches against people or against Pokemon the same level as you. Right, exactly. Um, which is which is good because yeah, if 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 you've uh, kind of run through all the trainers in an area, mm-hmm. it can get kind of hard to keep leveling things because you get less XP against Pokemon your right. same level. So. How often are you going to, like, are these wild areas basically optional in that way where they're like, hey, while you're here, you can go over here and do this wild area no. or you have to cross them to get to the next town or the next route? Yeah, from from the from the second town after that, like, uh, there's, a, there's like a train system mm-hmm. um, and technically that train goes to the third town, but it breaks down and you okay. gotta walk through the wild area. Cool. Um, like, it's like fully integrated into the world. It actually kind of like, like hugs the, 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 the like central town in that area and you can get to like for, uh, other towns further ahead and things like that like cool. it's a pretty sizable chunk of the map and there's like height different there's like hills and stuff and yeah there's like uh and different uh biomes uh, nice. and of course d- depending on the weather and the biome you will find different pokemon and 
the 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 weather has different effects on uh your battles. Oh, awesome! Like so, so if it's icy or snowy, then yeah. Like, if yeah. it's ice, like this is like this is the weather stuff that's been in the game for a while, but in the world, like it, you'll like see it icing, it, yeah. And then like you'll find ice Pokemon, and ice Pokemon will uh, a lot of them have this thing where they get healed when it's hailing, just like every every turn. And other Pokemon that aren't ice Pokemon get hurt because they're right. getting hit by fucking hailstones. Sure, uh, things like that. Um. That sounds cool, actually. Like to me, that that sounds like it's getting towards something. Like you know, the dream was always like a big open world Pokemon yeah, game in the absolutely. way that we think about open world games. I guess I'm curious: is there stuff out there? Are there secrets to find? Are there collectibles? Are there? Yes. Or, okay, cool. There's totally like, um, and this is this is also that sort of thing where like, uh, there'll just be things on the ground, um, in Pokemon <laughs> games that you used to have to have an item to like. You would like do this little dousing mini game basically mm-hmm. to kind of circle in on them this is more like you're ex- because you're exploring a 3d space it's like finding nooks and crannies then you'll see like a little shiny spot on the ground and you go pick it up and it's an item yeah um there's also um these uh <laughs> raid battles uh pokemon has raids now sure <laughs> uh i mean and like raids is like a bit much but it's basically a four-player cooperative battle against a giant one of the gigantic like pokemon, the dynamax, the dynamax ones. pokemon cool. that you like there's a bunch of uh glowing uh they call them uh dynamax dens where it's like a hole in the ground that has like a, if there's a pokemon in there it has a light that's spewing um, out of it. That's what I call the room where I have like my big TV. I like right. get rid of man cave, bring in the Dynamax <laughs> den. Gender neutral, please. Yeah. Um and those are neat. Uh normally you can like excuse me. You can uh you can just link up with people that are like near you. Mm-hmm. Um but if not it gives you some AI. Nice. Um and uh so Dynamaxing uh, changes the Pokemon that you make big move set yeah, yeah, to yeah. like big big moves, and a lot of those also have some uh, added on side effects that will help or help your team things like that. Cool. So that's, that's like neat. set the set the arena on fire or like that style of stuff. Or like yeah. do a big AOE heal or yeah, not AOE, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. So here's like this is the thing that I keep thinking about with this game is last week. When we were talking about this stuff, one of the points that Patrick made and that I like sort of pushed back on and was convinced by was like these are basically games for kids was the case that Patrick made. Mm-hmm. And I still do agree with that. But one of the things that I did want to emphasize that we didn't actually get into last time or talk about was like one of the ways in which it is less for young kids and more for like teens with lots of time on their hands is the complexity and depth at high level play where like – Historically, there's an entire system set of systems that playing through the game from start to back, you don't need to engage with at all. Yeah. But if you want to talk about EVs, and I don't mean EV the Pokemon, I mean like <laughs> effort, values. effort values. That's what it is, effort values. <laughs> yeah. And like leveling up your Pokemon to be as competitive as possible and like what's the best build for each Pokemon in yeah. terms of moves. And that has all of that depth that I'll, that like even beyond a lot of JRPGs have almost to the degree that it's a turn-based fighting game. Right. With interactions and you're thinking through that style of like really interesting tactical dilemma. Totally. Um, and I'm curious. So one, that is part of why I think there is an older demographic for this game. Like, I mean, it, I'm not even talking about my my friends who play this game play this game because they're nostalgic for Pokemon for the reasons that we talked about, yeah. that, you know, 100%. But I do, I guess some of my friends take it as one step further and are interested in that stuff. Right. And they'll do the Nuzlocke run or they'll do the stuff that is like engaging with it in a, in a slightly more difficult way. But then, but then there is an entire scene of people who really engage with those mechanics the way, like even deeper than like Rob and I would engage with XCOM. You know what I mean? 
mean? Like they're right. really, really, really in, in that thing. Right. Uh, and so I'm curious if you've hit that stuff at all or what you think this game does for that audience who cares deeply about those things in a way that, you know, most of us on this call do not, you have not engaged with it ever in that way. Uh, I'm not far enough yet to okay. like really have hit that stuff, but I do know and I've seen, um, so one of the things that the raid battles give you is that a ton of like items and there's a bunch of new things that they haven't had before. Uh, things like, uh, like XP candies or um, things that give, um, there's these, there's these uh, candies that used to exist also, but they were <clears throat> uh, severely limited in how many times you could use them that would raise uh pokemon's evs which are a hidden value uh basically that uh um what's the word i'm looking for they 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 change the uh the growth rate for a, a specific stat right so so uh, your uh attack ev uh it, like the max attack ev is like 252 which means like if you're at 252 every time that pokemon levels up it's gaining like plus four instead of the plus one that it would gain right otherwise and those are normally hidden and you only can figure them out like reverse figure it out traditionally yeah by leveling up and be like well i'm getting a bunch of fucking shit levels where right. this pokemon's attack is only growing by a little bit yeah i'm gonna have to catch a different one or breed a different one yeah, uh, mostly, like a better... yeah mostly breeding is, okay. the, is a big thing because you you can you can pretty there's like a you know which uh ivy's inherent values which is like the base stats okay uh uh which uh ones uh each parent gives to the child gotcha and also um there's another thing called egg moves which is a move that that pokemon can learn only from from its uh, i believe it's the mother uh gives the egg move to the child uh so there's ways egg, to cor- get Kato, of course the mother gives the egg, egg move, move to yeah. the child uh-huh. we're we we weren't born yesterday if we were, we would still have our egg moves included. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, well, an interesting thing that they've done, um, and I don't think these are egg moves. This just reminded me of it, is that it randomly in the... <laughs> it's such a funny phrase. Okay. <laughs> randomly in like the overworld, uh, uh, after spending some time in an area, you'll see a Pokemon that's like glowing for some reason. Yeah. It turns out that they have like super moves oh. that like usually the range of like if you're in like uh let's say level 10 ranges that was the area where i first saw this uh most of the moves are of a they have like a their power uh is like between 20 to 60 power is like a normal range for like your average move Mm-hmm. Uh, these moves are like 130 power and are like normally like end game shit and like on right. a tiny ass Pokemon, uh, which is very funny. But um, true Gohan, yeah, hours. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> that hidden shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like what they've done this time around is that you can change those EVs, you can max them out through these candies, which you couldn't do before, and you can, um, which means that like once you like breed the right pokemon and you get the right uh like inherent values you can just like max it out without having to do the the training the like very specific way where uh each type of pokemon when you defeat i defeat a pikachu my the pokemon i defeated it with that gets xp from it uh gets a speed ev um Hmm. so now you can which 
is you can part game of, all this stuff. Is basically like but yeah, in a much like, more. It's a much more streamlined uh, situation. Cool. Uh, there's also and I'm thing... sure that the hardcore audience will find a way to break it and find another unintended, sure. like invisible way that this is working <laughs> to like set RNG and blah blah blah. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. that is what happens in the long term. But it's cool that some of that stuff has been made more transparent in terms of from, the design stuff that I've read from the go. And like also certain things that were like kept, like each Pokemon has four four move slots, right? Mm-hmm. And so like you level up, you get new moves, you replace old moves. Uh, sometimes though you want to go back and there was always this mechanic where if you found a like pretty rare item and you go to a one specific person they could like make a Pokemon relearn a move that you told it to forget okay in this game that's just like in, in every Poke Center there's a guy there that was like I'll you can do that whenever now yeah like it's much more just like you know like we don't we're not gonna like weirdly like it, there was no reason for that to really be so obscured and difficult to do from the jump. From yeah. the jump, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's just like just let us make the Pokemon the way that we want to. Like, yeah, I fucked up and like probably should have kept that move from before. Yeah. I thought this one was gonna be better, but I didn't know. Well, how could you how, know? Right. Well, yeah. eventually, like you. Just but if know you're what a new player, exactly. you have no fucking idea that like some normal attack is actually really useful to have. Yeah. That like you know when I was fifteen or thir- when, probably younger than that when the first Pokemon when did the first Pokemon come out. I wasn't. I wasn't junior high. I think. Uh, Pokemon Red. Yeah. So when I was eleven or whatever, yeah, I was. I was definitely in middle school because I was. I was sitting next to people and getting that link cable. Yeah, out. absolutely. <laughs> was on the way to school. Yeah, two, uh, 96. Yeah, 96. or U.S. release date was ninety eight. U.S. release oh, okay. date was ninety eight. So still though, I was twelve or thirteen. Uh, I was thirteen when this came out, and like. I didn't fucking know that some starter moves are actually super good. Yeah. I'm going to get the thing where my Pokemon can shoot fire out of its mouth, and I'm going to get four of those, and that means that, like, right. actually I fucked myself <laughs> That's over. That's the fucking, yeah, now you have four fire moves that, and right in any situation where the, a fire move isn't going to work, well, you're I'm, totally screwed. I'm totally screwed. <laughs> totally, exactly. Uh, um, and so that is, like, one of those things that's, like, yeah, enable the player to rectify that yeah. once they've internalized with how those systems work. And a lot of the, like, complaints are that, these are changes that Game Freak should have been making ages ago. So wait, the complaints about the changes hitting now are... It's just like, that's mixed up in that, right? I Is see. that they don't yeah. make changes very quickly, and there are people, they've peop- like, the community's been asking for certain of these changes that, that seem kind of just, like, weirdly, like... Like no, this is the this is the system because it has to be hard to get the perfect Pokemon yeah. or something. Like I don't know. Like it always seemed weirdly gatekeepy, almost like this. You have to put in extra effort if you want to do this thing. Yeah, which seemed like this is like quality of life stuff that should just be available to players. Yeah. Um, Are there any other things like thinking about the other stuff that people were frustrated by? Again, XP share being on or. Yeah. Um, the moves being removed like having ha- but those moves removed now how do you feel because you mentioned that was about balance but like yeah i mean I haven't, on that. I haven't even noticed any specific ones i have noticed though that i'm noticing more moves that i've never seen before mm-hmm. it's like they that's the other thing is that they replaced a bunch <clears> of stuff or they added a bunch of new things and so far the newer moves seem to be doing more interesting things cool. like there's more um uh the one small example is like on a start on one of the starting uh, birds that you can find. Uh, there's a, a basic stat uh, stat stat buff that you can do to yourself, but the, it, it also had this other move that got boosted as well, 
based on the amount of stat buffs you've done. Yeah. So the way stat buffs work is like there's basically a, a little bar like that has a one through five for each stat, and you can only boost up to five times. And so it was like not just the the boost itself to the base stat, but the fact that you've done it five times was important for this move. Mm-hmm. Where normally on a, in a regular, uh, sometimes doing that stat once or twice wasn't going to be worth it ever. Like those sort of stat boosting things you kind of get rid of in the early game because later there's ones that will boost like three stages and like that's a worthwhile use of a turn. Now there's like more interactions where it's like, oh, I'm going to stop and use some of these stat boosting or stat changing moves that in the early game of Pokemon you would never fuck around with because it was always like, it's always worth it to take an extra tackle for that turn rather than try to boost and you end up using that turn right? like to just do more damage anyways. So like there have been some things that have been like, oh, I'm actually considering stat moves in, yeah. in, in early Pokemon, which is... Wild, yeah. I love it when a JRPG that. actually makes me think of things that aren't just do the most damage at a specific turn. Right, it's what good JRPGs right. do anyway. So, shout out to that. Um, the one thing that I did see that I think is fucked is the sound options thing. That's did y'all so see that? fucked. That like, I don't under. That's it, one of those things that they yeah. do where it's like this should just be how the game is designed. Yeah. So the sound options for like changing the sound of of background music and like uh, sound effects and uh, some other stuff is all like locked up in an item you get from a random fucking NPC. Yeah. It's not just in the options to begin with and just put it in it just again, like in an accessibility sense, just include anything that has to do with the way the game was presented. Please just put it in the options from the jump. Yeah. It's like just, and it's just, it's a, it's a totally random dude in the third town too that, (laughs) Right, so it's hours in, presumably. Uh, it's like a two, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wild. All right, well, thank you for checking in. I'm going to, I'm yeah. like, I've wrapped around to being kind of excited. To I'm going to be honest, what I'm going to do this week is watch a bunch of Star Wars Clone Wars and play some Pokemon. Hell yeah. That I, sounds I great. I fucking deserve it. <laughs> God damn it. I'm excited to play more of it. episode of Mandalorian is super good. I need to watch it. I'm going to try to watch that tonight. It's uh, great. I did a complete 180 on that show. I thought the pilot... I tried to rationalize that this I liked it. I was it. waiting. No. I, so, I, mean, so I, haven't I seen, thought it sucked. I haven't seen either of those I, the, the episodes The second episode yet. is a revelation. I, so I felt The fact that they were doing a third, well, a Wednesday drop and a Friday drop with The Mandalorian made me go like, you know what? Let me wait until both of those episodes are out and then I'll watch both of those together and that will be a more whole, holistic they, view of what that show is. Without, without getting into any spoilers, but there's, you know, there's a thing that happens at the end of the first episode that mm-hmm. I'm sure at least like people maybe are tangentially aware of. There's like a... There's a thing that happens at the end, and it's – I hated it. I was, like, ready to just, like, throw the show out and be like, this is wow cheap. I hate it. It's, it's, it's just – it came across as such a gimmick yeah. in a way that I was just – I just was like, oh, if this is what the show is going to be, then let's – the second episode justifies it entirely in a way that I'm just – it's – I don't want to say anything more okay. except that I – excited. I, I adored the second episode. Okay. Adored. Uh, that's our waypoints, our quick waypoint here from Patrick. <laughs> Great. Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Rob, Kato, either you have a waypoint, a quick shout out for something. Uh, I feel like I didn't give time to let people prepare for this, but we stumbled into it, so let's just do it. Folks, people need to watch Stumptown. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> do you want to like, elaborate a little bit? So, so, a subplot sometimes on Waypoint is that a couple of us are enthusiasts for private eye fiction, detective fiction. Yes. <laughs> Stumptown. I love the generalization is... you made there, so as not to be specific as to how many. Yeah, 
who who knows? Like uh, you know, just it is a it is a comfortable space for the detective fiction enthusiast. Yeah, who can say? Maybe Patrick. Like I'm sure Patrick has his passions for like he might be a you know he might be a Ross, uh, Ross McDonald guy. Right, might be a Chandler <laughs> guy. I don't know. Big I don't fan cry, of the Dane Curse. Cry with Patrick. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I re- I respect his privacy. <laughs> um, you know, Kato Kato's probably there. You know, just shotgunning like AS for alibi. Oh, Hell yeah, definitely. Just <laughs> Ada. How far did she get? She didn't finish. I think she passed away, but I'm not sure she. Someone uh, picked it I up. Think, yeah, pro- I think they probably did. Right, hit Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, gra- the Sue Grafton. Novels. Sue Grafton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, oh which, no! Oh, my whole heart just what? dropped. Got to why? Oh, why is for yesterday? That's so close. Oh my god! Never gonna get to Z is for zebra. <laughs> zebra what done it it was the, that was the big twist that was the big twist in the kinsey uh, mahone uh, uh novels anyway go ahead yeah uh so Stumptown is a show that's like right there on this knife's edge between turning into what i would call like your best example of an fx style detective or crime show uh, in the vein of like justified or if anyone liked terriers out there, which was a great, possibly the best private eye series ever put on television um, starring uh, Donald Logue. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a, this is starring Kobe Smulders. Um, She is, I've always liked even going back to uh, how I met your mother. I was like, you know what? She's she might be better than how I met your mother. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's like one of the star players, like yeah. playing on a farm team. Yeah, where you're like, oh, okay, like you're not you. You're gonna get this team to a championship, and then you're gonna like move on. <laughs> you're gonna get out of here. Yeah, but here she's got a fucking team around her. Mm. Uh, like she is a classic. Down on down on their luck, hard drinking, disaster zone of a life, uh, private eye. Uh, also a army vet nursing a really bad case of PTSD hmm. and uh, taking care of her brother and uh, is also by that that doesn't play a huge part. There was one episode where we introduced an ex-girlfriend, but by and sure. large, like that's we know she, we know she right. is by, but most of the relationships do focus on heterosexual relationships. Uh, she, she has, um, and also is extremely, uh, I don't know what's the way to put it. I don't know that Polly is quite the right way to put it, but the show is very non-judgmental about the, uh, like about her sequence life. of one night stand. She sure. has. Yeah. She's Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael Ely oh, plays hell the, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael right. Ely. Two people I have huge the, crushes on her in this show. Okay, I got you. Colby, both he, of them. Like, he is the Portland detective oh. that like is her friend on the force. Okay. Uh, Cameron Mannheim. Okay, is yep. his captain. This is a good cast. Um, and then uh, Jake Johnson. Is her ex-con pal a safe cracker who runs the bar she hangs out? What do I? Oh, uh, Jake Johnson from New Girl. 
New Girl. Nick from New yeah. Girl. <laughs> what? Is now a safe cracker. Love it. Great. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> that's just a continuation of yeah. New Girl in my in my belief. That's how it's I a believe spin-off. it. spin-off. So, yeah. <laughs> like, believe me, it is very much like right, a... I'm um, going to fucking watch the show. Is, it, Fine. It's very much like Nick Miller X-Con. That's so good. Yeah, Love it's it. really fucking good. Also, people should go. Uh, but people, real quick on 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 that uh, Michael Ely tip. People should go back and somehow try to watch Almost Human. Almost Human. It's better. Which than, I bought on Amazon yeah. and better. have been rewatching. <laughs> it's better than I remember. It's it's all right, man. It's all right for a cyberpunk was that cop the Fox drama. Show? That was the Fox. Yeah, cyberpunk. the J.J. Abrams produced. Yeah, uh, with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, what's his face? Who's the who's the actual Judge Dredd? Uh, yeah, uh, b- b- Mr. Carl, Carl, Grumpy Man. Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Urban. Yeah, that's Urban's great. I love Carl Urban. Yeah. Oh, he and he and Michael Ely had the they best have such chemistry. Good chemistry. Like, Ah! Oh my god. You know what? The world wasn't ready. Just the world wasn't ready for almost human. <laughs> That's all. Like their chemistry was almost like ready. Charles Grodin almost and De Niro ready. in Midnight Run. Uh, yeah. Just the like two characters <laughs> just got under each other's skin, but like drove each other fucking crazy. The only time anyone what? has ever compared almost human to Midnight Run. God. <laughs> anyway, love it. You're right. You're right. So <laughs> all right. So but here's the here's the rub. All right. Stumptown is a network. TV sure. detective series. Yeah. And so it feels like a series that is like divided down the middle where like you will have the a plot where it is. Okay. Yeah. We're getting to the private eye shit. This is some like detective stuff. There's like criminal gangs offing people. There's secrets from our past. There is the regrets and the things we can't fix. Mm-hmm. And then the B plot uh, is often, Either just some cutesy sentimental bullshit where it's like, oh, we have to help the little guy in this case. It's like your friendly neighbor, neighborhood PI, which I'm not against the idea of the PI being like sort of a Ronin providing justice in a society that does not. Yeah. But there, there is, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, a yeah, way yeah. that network cop shows tend to present this stuff yeah. in a way that's a little saccharine and unearned. And then... uh She's got another ex-con friend, I want to say, who is a Mexican chef whose uh, dream is to create uh, like an haute cuisine Mexican restaurant. And that is often the B-plot, is his sort of comedic intersections with their stories as he chases his dream of... You know, he's there as comic relief. He's also there to lighten the mood and provide another place to hang out. And uh, it's just those are parts that don't fit with the first part of the show. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Stumptown is also kind of riveting because I watch it and I'm like, man, which which personality is going <laughs> to win out in this? Because because it doesn't feel sustainable. It feels like at some point it will have to like someone's going to have yeah. to get killed yeah. or it's going to be a show where it's like. No, everyone's safe. We all go home and like meet up at the bar at the end of the episode. Yeah, which will which will deflate some of it, right? It has it has to decide if it is Veronica Mars or if it is like Hannibal, right? Yeah. Um, cool. And I there's two shows I like, but different shows. Um, briefly, I'll shout out a great article uh, that went up on the Correspondent last week. Um, called The New Dot-Com Bubble is Here. It's called Online Advertising. Uh, really great long read on uh, the state of online advertising, the kind of foundational 
fib it's based around, which is that it is fundamentally different than television advertising because it's data-driven, because you'll know if it works or not, blah, blah, blah. Uh, really fascinating. Um, opens with a really great anecdote about uh, a TV ad sales guy who is like, we don't want to know if it works. The, the, the truth underlying all of advertising is it's impossible to tell if it will be or could be or was tr truly effective or not. The numbers go up, but it's hard to ever really know. Uh, and and seeing online advertising need to come to terms with some of that, uh, especially as not only online advertising's like commercial effectiveness, but its political effectiveness has been such a big conversation point in the last few years. And having to kind of confront the fact that we know something is happening when advertisements hit us, something is happening when media you know comes into our 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 brains, but also it's hard to track down exactly what it is and how do you walk that line between like figuring demanding transparency and expecting like a causal relationship to arise and holding people accountable for what they do while simultaneously recognizing that like w you shouldn't ever trust an advertising company that tells you exactly how many people it can convert into believers or buyers really interesting read again the that piece is up on the correspondent.com uh, and it is called the new dot com bubble is here it's called online advertising how did you have a waypoint can Go. What? What's up, Patrick? No, don't. I, I'll save it. Okay. I don't want to my technology shit post and go after Kato. <laughs> Kato. Uh, I mean, anime is on my mind, so I'm going to once again plug my favorite anime of recent years, Mob Psycho 100. Which you were pitching me the other day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which I still have not gotten around to because I'm a bad anime fan. <laughs> Fake anime boy. Uh, it's, um, it's great. It's about a middle schooler named Mob. That's not his real name. Shit, I forgot what his real name. That's a nickname he gets. Uh, who has psychic powers and, um, but also is very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The word that was coming up was introspective, but it's less. It's it's less that under repressed, but above retrospective. Uh, completely introspective in the way where like he does like kind of repress some emotions and it's like about him dealing with his level of like engagement in uh in, in social situations and uh the fact that he's also like he's like he's it's a it's a shonen where he's like he could like one shot and he it's like kinda, one like, like kind of it's the same I mean, it's, it's the, the same, same creator, creator right as, yeah, as, yeah yeah one punch as man. one punch man um but kind of a different tact because that was like uh, one punch man he's like disaffected but right. and, and has all this power uh this is more about a, a a young man kind of like dealing with not wanting to hurt people and control and also confidence huh. um and a lot of uh really like deep introspection on emotion and uh being emotionally intelligent comes out through that show um there is uh, a caveat for anyone who is watching it there's uh kind of an uncomfortable uh character in the second season that uh does a tropey thing around uh like a trans characterization but like um they're in that one episode and they leave and it's it's not it's it's like it's one of those things where the trope is played for laughs in the way that that trope shows up in anime but not like that's not any of the joke 
right? Like it's like the presentation and not what the character does or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that one kind of blemish, I feel like I can wholeheartedly endorse <laughs> yeah, and recommend that show. Cool. Patrick, what is your ship post? Your technology ship post? Can you just, can you just, can you just look in the podcast channel, please? <sighs> Who are these people? What is, wait, what is, what is, what is this? What is this thing around their back, their backs? Sony's baffling wearable speaker heads. Shut the fuck up. Coming to the speakers, he- oh, head to the U.S. for That's $300. That's a sausage. Dollars. Want the convenience of portable tunes but hate headphones and earbuds? Sony has a solution for you in its, quote, immersible wearable speaker, which is perhaps the company's own aptly named piece of audio it's kit. Sausage link. Over it. It's, yeah, it. it's like you're wearing a sausage link around your neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. Could you eat them? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's just like mm-hmm. this song snack. is delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if this was built into a cool cyberpunk jacket and only I yeah. could hear it somehow, I'd be down. That's not how sound works, though. You know, this is one of those things. <laughs> is there like an accessibility thing? This thing is low-key yes, solving that we're just not aware of. Yeah, that is often the case with these things, right? Is like I look at something and go like, that's stupid. And then like thousands of people, millions of people are like, this makes my life easier. But because well, the audience. Th- that may be true, but yes. it does not appear to be the pitch of the device. It never like, is. <laughs> it never is. That's, yeah. bad, tech, bad tech could end up being great tech by by happenstance. So God. if that is true, I would actually be curious to, to know like if someone mm-hmm. sees the. The, the, the picture, it's, it doesn't even have Bluetooth. But then it would also have to be a good wire. solution for whatever sure. that issue is, right? Like, Because yeah. this, this certainly looks like, what if your soundbar could strangle you? <laughs> it does look <laughs> exactly like that, yeah. What if it could massage at the same time? Yeah, that's what that looks that like. That sounds great. What I if it, a neck massage so What bad, if it got warm, a headache, uh, massaged you, yeah. and played high-quality audio? This is what I'm saying. Yeah, now, I want the neck massage. Now we're in play. I'm yeah. I'm all the way in. Three hundred dollars. A little high, I guess. But is this surround? It's cold. Or you wake up a little achy. Oh, love it. Just throw on your tunes. Yeah, I like the implication here that this is somehow connected to a PS4. No, he just that that person's just listening to music while <laughs> playing okay, PS4. Okay, gotcha. They are. It is a Sony thing, so maybe it is. Maybe I will well, no because you just said it wasn't wireless. So I guess it could be plugged in. I don't know. Anyway, thank you. It has you. to be plugged in. Thank you yeah. uh, for these next speakers. <laughs> Add those to the old holiday shopping list. <laughs> okay, but yeah, here's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> so one of these one of these shots shows a couple sitting next to each other, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, what? and they're both wearing how, them. Yes. Yeah, so how does like how does that not become an issue of like? Interference, not not in terms of signal, but just in terms of each other's listening experience. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How is he not leaning over to her to her and being like, "Could you turn <laughs> the fucking neck speaker down <laughs> because I'm hearing an echo and I'm losing my goddamn mind." Maybe there is it is it hyper directed in a way that we can't. That's what tell? I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I feel like. Maybe I don't know enough about directed audio, but I feel like it often requires something to you bounce can create, and like you can it can be intensely directed, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like it requires them. something more uh hey, Sony they twist. Send us, send us some they of these. Twist? The, yeah, this isn't a first well the okay, ones that we I'm all need one. At. Sony. <laughs> hook us Let's up. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to have a, a next speaker. I need to turn know. that shit post into a content post. A yeah. Yeah. Just imagine, like Patrick, you you and your wife could like sneak into the home theater at night okay, wait, and like have your have your little neck speakers on low volume. <laughs> Love it. The Sony needs not waking anybody. No up. one's awake. 
Including you, you've fallen asleep in this. Including scenario. you, you fall asleep. <laughs> because yeah, I'm the actually using this so tones. warm and reassuring. Listen, four I'm going to end up using this just to play white noise. <laughs> Gadget Flow has given the Sony SRS whatever next speakers a 4.9 out of 5. That's a high rating. Easy wearing, com compact and light. Seven hours of play. Neckers or Neekers? What? Neck speakers. So Neekers. No, Neckers. No, neither. I don't trust white people enough. Uh, um, specs. No, those are glasses. <laughs> That's already a thing. Um, what's like a? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We gotta end this podcast. Shoulders, we gotta get out. What's that? Is that just like a neck? Yeah, it's just a neck pillow. Yeah, but that's not called anything. No, I know. That's what I was, try I was trying to think of if there was a name for that. Neck pillow. A neck speaker. Nope. No, we gotta get right. <laughs> I mean, does anybody? Companion soundware companion speaker says Bose. That's what they call this. That's the collar blaster. Co a collar blaster. blasters. Collar. It's like a. It's like a <laughs> sound blaster, but for your collar. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, a collar blaster. If you use a collar blaster at home, whether for accessibility reasons or reasons we can't, just because they're cool, you let me know. We've turned around on this product 180 <laughs> degrees from, and I think, you know what, to some degree, that's almost always true. Our ironic attachment is yeah. often a cover for our, our deep uh, interest, which we're repressing for social norms. We gotta be more like Patrick, who's willing to game anywhere. You know what I mean? Patrick's hanging out in Starbucks playing Mortal Kombat with a controller in his hands. And in the future, you could get a, a, a collar blaster on. That's the whole fucking <laughs> picture. That's the whole, mm -hmm. that's what confidence looks like. Mm -hmm. Boom. <gasps> to live like Patrick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that extra in an episode of Almost Human. Almost Human, yeah, 100%. <laughs> God, they had to. Oh shit! So I was watching Almost Human, and there's this oh, episode God. where somebody is live streaming murders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Classic "Holy shit, we human. gotta stop! Like, we gotta stop this guy. He's almost up to eighty viewers." Yeah. And they're like, "Sick <laughs> bastard! Eighty people are watching this shit." <laughs> he's, I'm just doing it for the views, man. I just oh, love getting viewers. It's so funny. Jesus. Oh, shows. What show is all right? They, they look like they would have uh, airbags. They do. They should also have airbags for right? safety. Yeah, agreed. Like those scarves. Yeah, they exist. Yeah, like a Hans device, but like connected to your neck speaker. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. Yeah, totally. love it. <laughs> Perfect. All right, we're gonna. You stop. can ride them on your bike. <coughs> you ride your after bike this, while after your neck speakers. After this entire segment of promoting various goods, capitalist goods and services that you can buy or support. <laughs> I only have one thing to say to people. I have to do a whole fucking spiel still. Austin, yeah. Walk, Austin underscore Walker, A underscore Cotto underscore appears, yep. at Patrick Klepek, at Rob Zachney, at Waypoint. You already know what it is. Shout outs to Bowen letting us use the track, miss you. Waypoint.com slash B-O-E-N. Rate us. Review us. Gaming at Vice.com for questions. Fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Peace. Release the Snyder Cut. Release the, the Cinder Cut. Human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. The USB is a wonderful technology. Uh, it makes it easy to plug in and pl- and unplug uh, lots of different things. Ooh. But the connection itself doesn't actually tolerate being plugged in and pl- unplugged uh, routinely without slowly losing function. And uh, that feels like the arc I'm on now. Talking about your body or USB? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the pins ain't what they used to be, Patrick. <laughs> Sounds like you're back. Oh. <laughs> Sore point. But <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Figure we come in on stadium, we take a break. Um, I'm going to take a sneeze for a second. Um, actually, let's get here. Here's what I think maybe what we do is we do, we come in on, I haven't played shit. I had a busy weekend anime. I was at an anime convention. <laughs> I was overwhelmed by an anime convention. I met Mr. Gundam. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. And well, you know, whatever. Uh, and then, and then, Kata, you can hit those anime games real quick. Yeah. And then we do Stadia. And then we. Take and then break. I'll be like, speaking of top ten anime betrayals, did anyone see that bear game last night? <laughs> and then Patrick will be like, oh shit. Stop. <laughs> God. We all lost this weekend. Yeah, we all we fucking know. lost. Least, I don't least, even want to talk at least about Austin as a quarterback. At least, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I do have a quarterback. Y'all should just I take. Y'all, see, you know what? You want to send him over? No, we'll I know exactly. Him. That's because I don't want. You can to. have Mitch, but you know the thing is, like when the wound, when the end of that game failed, well, I, I kind of blame Aguilar more <laughs> than Wentz. But yeah, that was good. You know what? In terms of like. Yes. Meme potential. Yes. In terms uh, of, I mean, I realize bad for your team, but like is. extremely funny. Extremely funny, unlike Agalor. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Did someone gonna, find that guy? Has anyone talked to that dude I, again? Someone needs to, I swear. Uh, but no, like that pass was all right, and, and Wentz played all right the rest of that game. I just, ah, uh, uh, football. Also, too fuck injured. the Patriots, just in general. Injured. Yes. Yeah. Don't Lamar Jackson's coming, <laughs> baby. Oh, God. Uh, the only thing that could derail that is him taking a an injury that permanently alters his athletic profile. But with his style of football, what are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah, it's it's not like <laughs> RG three is his backup. <laughs> God. Um. Uh. Y'all, did y'all keep up with the the cap stuff? The like last second change of of where the practice was on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. A little, yes. a little bit. Like there was some maneuvering and like yes. legal waiver stuff that I like. It was struggling to follow. The, the gist of it is that the um, the Kaepernick camp was not happy that the NFL said only the NFL would have rights to the film because, and they would deliver the film to scouts who were not attending and to teams because that 
would mean that there was a chance the NFL would like not doctor the footage, but only show bad throws or like not give all of the footage. They wanted to be in control of the footage. They wanted to be involved in the footage. There was a lot of just unlisted YouTube video, washed up athlete (laughs) takes pratfalls during practice. Exactly. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent that. And, uh, and there was pushback on that. And so they ended up needing to move it from some Atlanta Falcons uh, facility to like a high school it was a high you know, school, like uh, an like yeah. sixty miles away. Yeah, and it's like only a few of the scouts made that trip from the Falcons. Facility there was also out. like a some waiver stuff that was like related to like if he was blackballed a second time. Like yeah. it was, it was like the waiver was like fairly standard for like a player in a normal circumstance, <laughs> right? But was insulting for a player in which the league has already given te- you know untold tens millions to like settle a dispute over blackballing that is like increasingly apparent that also did happen there was weird shit around um uh his receivers who they were going to send to like which was to say they did not say who they were going to eventually he just flied flew flew people out on under his own expense or under his company's expense or whatever what a fucking anyway football Football. We, we we can't even talk about the Browns. He also Steelers, I, uh, like, I, oh my I, god, Jesus Christ! All, all the sympathy in the world to Cap, but then like the the and I don't blame him for this line, but like the line he had, like as he was saying like goodbye to like the scouts, was like tell your owners to stop being cowards. It was like you're right, Cap, you're right, and you I are owed it. to say that. I don't know that's going to help your case though. <laughs> He's right though. He is right. He is right. And he, he still wins even if he doesn't get back in yeah, and continues yeah, yeah. to just be an eyesore. Yeah. But I, you do get the sense that the, the guy wants to play well, and he, just he would like, be – Yeah. He would be, be better need, than our quarterback. I was going like, like, the Bears he, need a quarterback. So he, many teams need a quarterback. Well, he, su- he sucked his last two seasons. Or not sucked, but he wasn't yeah, particularly he, good. He was, yeah. he was way worse than Fine. he was at his highs in the 49 But, like, he, he, if he was playing last night for the Bears, we, we win that game hand over fist. Yep. Anyway. What were you going to say, Rob? Cap. No, I was talking with Bob Coleco last night, and he was like, you guys should sign Cap. And I was like, here's the other thing that traps Cap, though, is he's mm-hmm. now such a symbol for both sides that, like, here comes Cap to play for the Chicago, the Chicago Bears. Literally a week later, the Chicago police get caught doing something because yeah. there's always something to catch the Chicago police doing. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's just gotten his comeback. And immediately people are like, well, why aren't you speaking up about this? Why aren't you protesting more vociferously? And now he's like in this Kobayashi Maru. If he goes all the way down that road. He has to go for it. He has to. Yeah, exactly. But then absolutely it turns into a circus. And he literally becomes the exact type of like distraction that the NFL was always like, you know, hair on fire about. Um, Yeah, it's just it's it's such a like. (sighs) He needs to. Where where's the wokest place we can send him? <laughs> Not nowhere. Google Google. Where are the police woke? <laughs> oh no! Fiction. Fucking curse. Yeah. God. Um. All right. We uh, <laughs> we should do a podcast. So uh, did we already? We didn't clap already, did we? No. No. Okay. Uh, I opened and closed time, but it's it's back open. Uh, y'all ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do 55. Okay. 